Welcome to Drunk Politics. All right, we took a week and a half off because Chloe got married. So I have another, um, I have Judson with me again as our special guest. And we talked about a lot. This went on for two hours. I'm not going to break it up into two. So um, you can come back and listen to it, but it's worth the whole listen. Uh, we did it live on our Facebook group. So if you want to get in on things and be able to ask questions, um, I've been filming all of the podcast live in the Facebook group and then posting them on all the media channels. So if you're on Facebook, you can join us. It's uh, facebook.com backslash groups backslash drug politics. And um, you should subscribe to our channel so you know when um, it premieres and you can follow me on TikTok because that's the only other social media outlet that I actually like to get on. Um, I'm also on Instagram. So other uh, links are down in the description. And um, yeah, this is a fun one. We talked about everything from Q to the election to... Okay. Oh, yay. Okay, yay. I can fix it. All right. Okay. Um, yeah. So Biden cheated. Or somebody did. Someone did. Someone cheated. I want to know... Here's what I want to know. Biden can barely finish a sentence, right? So maybe Biden cheated, but does he know he's cheating? I'm just, I wonder if he knows he's cheating. You know what I mean? This has a delay, so maybe turn it down. Right, a turn bit. The volume yeah, down. turn the volume off. So that that's my main that's my main question is somebody's pulling the puppet strings, okay? But does he really know what's happening? I kind of want to know that. You know what, what do you mean? guys think? <laughs> so first, first of all, some of the stuff that's happened since the last podcast um, are the filings in court by Sidney Powell um, and also the, the press's apparent... You know, they want to think that there's trouble in paradise and that there's a big divorce looming between Giuliani and Powell at all. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, everything that I read was basically that um, Sidney Powell was never actually part of the team in terms of, of contracted or there was no uh, engagement, actual yeah. engagement between the two, but they were just kind of working in concert. But I th think that they felt like it was more comprehensive for an election issue to... Um, you know, to separate because, um, and so I don't know a ton about it, where they're filing. I know that Pennsylvania now is going to the Supreme Court as of today or yesterday. I think it's today that they've, that they've decided to appeal it to the SCOTUS. And so that's, that's where that one's going. I just haven't seen, I didn't read the 148 page, you know, filing. Um, I haven't the, read it yet either, but I feel like it was posted. Yeah, it is. It's posted. Um, Someone posted it. And there's been a lot of good discussion on our Facebook group, actually. And I like the take that someone had on why the judges aren't, like, why they're pushing it off. I think they want it to, they want it to go to the Supreme Court. Yeah, I I like that take on it. I think that they don't want to be implicated. I mean, maybe some of them are being threatened, just like the 
lady with the GSA or whatever the fuck it's called? Well, another thing that I saw was what Antifa was saying in Pennsylvania that they were going to um, they were going to block the neighborhoods of the conservative areas, um, and that they issued threats of saying they're going to be armed in there, uh, and you know they'll try to run the roadblocks. Do they already use guns? Yeah, well, they say they're going to be armed too, so it's going to be a very interesting uh, time to try to get them to back down. So I don't know if it's just a bunch of bluster or not. I I hope so, but. I, you know, let the courts do their jobs, and hopefully this will be something that'll that'll be revealed in, in the proper time. Yeah, well, this is America, so yeah. we don't cave to terrorists, mm -hmm. and that's what they are. And that's what, honestly, that's what this election fraud is. It's terrorism on our way of life. And the fact that people are <laughs> seemingly okay with just accepting results that aren't, you know, aren't legitimate is scary. Yeah. We don't get this taken care of our republic is dead so one of the things that i did was uh interesting just when when sydney powell filed that she gave the names and addresses of all the um all the people she's filing against and i, I um i looked at like uh, no was sydney powell that did that what was that filing i had james Comey and all those people so i got on zillow and i was looking up their addresses this is kind of interesting. James Comey lives in a $3.4 million house in uh, McLean, Virginia. And I thought, wow, that's for a, for a public, FBI for a agent. lifelong <laughs> public servant. So, and she pull a John Kerry and kind of marry into that? Or did he, has he got a book deal or what? How does that work? <laughs> did he pull a John Kerry? Yeah, buddy. Heinz. And, and, uh, and so the other thing. We, mean, hold on. Yeah. A 10000 10,000 square, 10, square foot, 10,778 square, square foot house. house. Seven bedrooms, eight bathrooms. Seven bedrooms, eight bathrooms. He's supposedly divorced. I was wondering if the FBI has some special bonuses for Yeah, like, for do whatever. we know anything about that? Yeah. Anyone? I don't. I mean, that's something we should probably look up because... Well, does, any, does anybody have any comments about or things that they've looked into that they know might be able to share about the election irregularities and whatnot because um just just a, as a recap you know you've got dominion systems that uh, that people that looks like that that's this that's actually the hardware system for voting and then that's actually not owned by a u.s company that's owned um, um actually by a, a a guy a gentleman that's in the house of lords in um in england and he's a associate with um george soros so you can do your own research on that, but it's pretty interesting when you start looking at who owns what. That's an offshore company that controls uh, 28 states of our voting system. And then uh, that software system that they use is two different kinds, but one is, uh, is Smartmatic, is the software tabulation system that are, that are integrated into those. And that system is owned by uh, a, a group of businessmen from where? Um, Venezuela. Yeah. So how is it that we have our election system that where the machines are owned by foreign and, uh, entities and the software is owned and potentially controlled by foreign entities as well? And if you look back farther, Smartmatic was actually developed back when um, uh, uh, Hugo uh, Chavez, Chavez was, yeah. and, and they made they wanted an election system that would look legitimate enough but would guarantee that their people always got elected. And so that's kind of where, that's what I've read. Now, I don't know how true it is, but that's pretty no, concerning. No, I mean, it's, it's true. 
And so, so when you're when you're tracking it down, and that's what Sydney, that's what Paul's been talking about. Right. And so if you if you paid attention, um, and in, in Pennsylvania, the legislature, and I think it was just Republican caucus because I don't think it was a full legislature, but they had hearings on Wednesday, and and interesting things they talked about the data dumps and when they quote unquote stopped counting and the different things that came in, and and there were mathematical impossibilities that were occurring where you'd have not 10,000 or even 100,000 votes come in without any answered votes, but it, and the probabilities of those were just so, I mean, so many zeros and commas in statistical improbabilities that it was just not even like, I mean, it, it would make winning the lottery seem like a one in two chance, and that's a one in 300 million. So it's crazy how the numbers came in. But it was interesting when they were comparing, when they were looking at the data and watching the tabulated numbers and then watching the modem numbers of the real ballots coming in and then watching the data dumps and they none of those things really made uh, they didn't correlate at all i mean they weren't just a little bit off they were hundreds of thousands of of numbers off and so even if it's like, even if everything's completely legitimate it looks so illegitimate that there's something wrong with the system it needs to i mean just the fact that that it can't be verified is should concern everyone regardless of who you support it, it, everyone should be concerned that we don't have we have a system that completely data gamed like all these thumb drives that are missing one of the things that i heard too or i read is that um the actual tabulation system that you're shoving votes into can't actually take as many ballots as were counted oh yeah. so like right. the, it it 135,000 were counted or something, but in the same time frame, it's impossible for it to do over 97,000 or something. So it was off by like thousands. Right. So the um, other thing too I saw was that the actual total numbers exceeded the actual people that showed up to vote in person plus the numbers of, um, of so the numbers that showed up in person plus the number of ballots that were mailed out, there's actually more ballots that were counted than that total number. And, and usually that's statistically impossible because you don't get a hundred percent ballot return. And so that's another reason why it should be looked into. It should be audited to find out how in fact you end up with more numbers, total numbers of votes than you even had ballots mailed out plus the, the people who voted in person. That seems like it should at least make an exclamation point on that data and that's what they're looking into so i, I mean I, people have been convicted for a lot less yeah. in the history of time like there's so much evidence it's not even a question of whether or not um we were hacked or whether it's it's who did it it's what are they going to do about it mm -hmm. and the one of the main things that i'm concerned about is the fact that there's so many people who aren't concerned about it well yeah you know I'm, and like the the narrative out there what we're hearing from mainstream is no there is nothing wrong this is all a conspiracy it's a right-wing conspiracy theory i'm sorry i'm not even right-winged <laughs> and also um i did yes i did um <laughs> loser no, um, what, <laughs> what i what i i posted um something in the group thread couple days ago but um chanel ryan whatever the hell her name is on oan <laughs> oh my gosh fail fail guys fail fail
Okay. Um, anyways, Chanel, <laughs> Chanel, Ryan, um, she did an interview with, um, here, wait, I, I got it. I got it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So she did an interview um, the other day with the founder and CEO of uh, Overstock.com. He's a tech entrepreneur and he, for the last two years, has been investigating this since the 2018 situation, um, the midterms. When uh, that's when we first found out about this apparently in Texas. And so Texas did away with a lot of the Dominion stuff. And so, um, hello. And so anyways, um, he has been investigating this and that is where Sidney Powell is getting a lot of her information. And he's a libertarian. He said that he's never voted for a Republican or a Democrat, but the fact that um, our votes are apparently not even mattering, that concerns him because he likes our system. <laughs> and he wants to stay a republic and so he's dumped a lot of his personal money into having these cyber tech guys totally track all of this and completely unfold the situation and so that was really interesting to me to know that um you know we have somebody like that that has a cyber company that is actually feeding the information to our Sidney Powell and the others that are fighting for it so well the only hope is i think is we get just we get the truth i mean it's everybody is just tired of being told lies and the censorship it's just like it's it, the same as with the covid uh 19 stuff is it it seems like that every time you see something that's that is um that goes against the narrative then immediately it's removed or redacted or you know there's or, or you know shamed and so um, there's studies that will come out that, will, that they're data driven, that are that are academic and and statistically verified, and then they get taken off websites, and they get uh, Twitter banned and stuff like that. And that's the thing I think that's the most frustrating for people that are truth seekers is go, you know, we just want to know what the truth is. Let's deal with what is real and not the not have people control the perceptions. And that's why I think that most people are having trouble with especially those of us who want, um, you know, verifiability and, and also just transparency. That's, that's why we don't believe, I don't believe it. I don't believe most of what I see and hear now because it's just been proven over time now, and especially in the last few years that what you hear is the narrative of the mainstream media or even the government sometimes is turning out not to be true. Yeah, none of it's true. So, um, so yeah, I mean, uh, or, I mean or, honestly, it's like, okay, well, I you don't even know what to believe anymore. It's very, it's a mind fuck. Well, everybody, you know, it's funny how, how people, there's multiple ways to lie. And one of them, you know, I believe that like, you know, rev revolutions, rebellions, and religions are built out of a little bit of truth and a lot of bit of lies. And I think that's what we're dealing with here is that people are telling they're using truth and twisting things and perceptions to lie in a way. It's very, very, um, uh, it's very sinister. And so it's just like how they talk about terms like in the COVID um, deal about, you know, the fatality rates. They're, the way they use the data and even viruses, so many people don't understand 
um, what's actually going on, what a virus actually is, what the coronavirus actually really is, the, what influenza really is. And if you don't really have a lot of information and knowledge and training about this, it's really easy to, to just go down the route of how horrible things are. So I know that's a, that's a change of subject a little bit, but I um, will talk about the politics for now in the election. And if anybody's got questions, Let's see what do we got. I can't. I can't, it's hard to read that up there. Is that? I know that you're. Oops, you're here. Oh, here we go. Here Good. Go. Okay. Hello. Yeah, it's true. It is so freaking sad to say, but it is so true. All of that is true. I don't know why. It why does it keep going? I don't know. Anyway, so but um, so just while well, just go backwards. I'm going to go in this. I read an article that's really interesting out of Hillsdale College, and it's by a guy out of Stanford named um, named J, Dr. J. Bhattacharya. 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 Basically, he's a professor of medicine at Stanford. He's an MD and a PhD. His PhD is in economics, and so the, the guy's just a brainiac. Um, He's done reading. I thought this was just uh, good from Fast Times at Ridgemont High, but he did his research at the Freeman Spigoli Institute. I thought that was funny. Anyway, but um, he also does um, demographics and economics of health and aging and whatnot, statistics and all that brainiac stuff. But he wrote a great article about this uh, called it's called a sensible and compassionate anti-COVID strategy, and. It's, and I'll just quote one of the things he said. He said, those who talk about the economic harms of lockdowns are accused of heartlessness and economic considerations are nothing compared to saving lives, they are told. And I'm not going to talk about economic effects. I'm going to talk about the effects on health, he says, beginning with the United Nations estimate that 130 million additional people will starve this year as a result of the economic damage from the lockdowns. And so basically they go down and, and talk about um, things like, you know, that this COVID is not equally dangerous for everybody. And, and, and I think the media would like to put like one size fits all. And it's in the statistics just don't bear that out. Um, and said so the fact is for young children, this disease is less dangerous than the seasonal flu. But how come we're not less hearing dangerous that? It's less than dangerous the than the seasonal flu for, for kids. kids less right. dangerous. But yet we're closing less. our schools less. and we're not letting them participate in, in, in sports because of... Well, the, the argument is that they're little carriers and then they're going to get old people sick. Right. Right. So, so what do you say about that? What about old people? Well, the problem yeah, like is, is the that just like kids any, carrying it to the old people. Well, flu season is flu season every single year, and you would you typically want to try to. Um, oh, Bat Batashar. Oh right? yeah, Batashar. Hey, the I'm name put, is. We have a question. Batashar. We'll screenshot okay. that. Bat. He's out of Stanford. Yeah. Batasharya. 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 J. Batasharya. And the dude looks like he's freaking genius yeah um but but what what i want to i kind of highlighted some things about this i thought were very interesting it says lockdowns have never before been tried as a method in this uh, as of disease control and i think it's interesting that they all of a sudden decided now to do that and um uh and also it says that in the u.s and in most of the world hospitals were never at risk of being overwhelmed. And yet that was the mantra back in the spring was flattening the curve so that our healthcare systems wouldn't be overwhelmed. Well, that's what's happening happened. now 
well, in Oregon and Washington, but if it's that's not, what they're using that's what, as an no, excuse. It's not true, though. I mean, right. like, during cold and flu season every year, we have critical shortages of ICU beds, and no one ever talks about it every single right. year. I mean, even I remember the 2003 uh, pandemics and the t 2009 pandemics, and we were having patients shipped in from all over the place and having to, you know, uh, having to refuse transfers and whatnot. Yeah, it was bad, but no, it wasn't like talked about in the news much. It wasn't, I mean, I think I remember in 2009, uh, Gonzaga University just extended their spring break an extra week, but I mean, they still played, if you look at the history, they still played uh, um, March Madness. They still played the Super Bowl. Well, yeah, they don't really they, shut they things down like this. They didn't shut anything. They didn't inquire mask, nothing like that. So to justify the shutdown, there needs to be like a 25% kill rate right like <laughs> and we're just so low it just doesn't make any sense all right i mean you know there's a couple of lies one is that it's not dangerous it you know COVID is a dangerous respiratory virus for people who are susceptible to respiratory illnesses people have copd people are obese people that are old people have multiple comorbidities which means they've got like high blood pressure and diabetes and the like um, but for normal, healthy people, this is just a nothing burger. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I've had it in my family's had it and my cousin has it. All these people, I mean, come on, it's, it's just like the flu. Um, not even as bad as the flu, really. So the other thing, too, they talk about herd immunity. And this guy says, you know, herd immunity is not a strategy. It's a fact. It's a biological fact. He said, even when we have a vaccine, we it's still... It's not really, a strategy. It's, it's a, a fact. fact. Yeah, and he said, even when we have vaccines, we'll be relying on herd immunity as the end point for the epidemic. So second, our strategy is to not let people die, but protect the vulnerable. That's the issue that he's saying, you know, we, we know who's vulnerable and we know who's not vulnerable. And to continue to act as if we do not know these things makes no sense. Mm -hmm. I like that. So it's like his idea is you just, he comes up with this concept called focused protection. Focused protection. Focused protection. And what that is, he says the most compassionate approach is that balances risks and benefits of reaching herd immunity is to allow those who are at minimal risk of death to live their lives normally, normally. to build up immunity to the virus through natural infections. So while better protecting those who are at the highest risk and we call this focus protection that's kind of what sweden has done and i think um let's see yeah i mean that's, that's oh yeah you don't have very many right we'll see more and just let it run its course yeah healthy adults spending money. i like aaron that's good i totally agree um seems like a purge, purge. to me i mean we're on the same page with that <laughs> Well, I'm not going to, I don't want to say that in public, but it's, it is interesting that if you look at some of the statistics we've looked at for death rates and there, there's lots of people who are trying to play those numbers, but we're actually below normal actually, for 2020 than we were in 2019 as far as the overall societal death rate. And people say, well, it's because people aren't driving their cars as much because of lockdowns, people aren't out doing stupid stuff. I mean, it's those suicide rates are up. So, yeah. I mean, honestly... If you look at every pandemic and you look at the year in and year out um, results, if you have a really bad flu season one year, you have lower death rates the following year. And the reason for that is the people who are susceptible for dying from the flu died the year before. And so there's a lag time between the more healthy, unhealthy people catching it. You kill off a bunch of people who are really susceptible. And then you have a lag time of, of uh, we'll skip a flu season to the next uh, time. And then uh, so you can't make... Uh, assumptions based upon one single year you have to take those 
statistics as they go and then explain them in the context. And if it's the problem with this has become politically weaponized and, and it's not yeah. that it's not real. It's just that the, we've lost our minds when it comes to how we're, how we're re allocating resources towards fighting this thing. Um, well, but w one of the things we were talking about before we started this, when we were going over this stuff is when you look at the actual charts of the actual data, there's so much left up for interpretation. I mean, testing, um, amount of deaths, and the mortality rate is really all that you see. And every single country tests differently. We don't know how many tests are actually given. No one talks about that. So we know how many cases, but were all those people actually tested? What about in other countries? Are they doing presumable cases? Mm -hmm. Are the presumable cases being included in the cases? Like the data is so skewed um, and each state is reporting differently. So, so that's true. I actually called the CDC in Atlanta um, a while back to just to ask them how they were keeping their, um, what they were including in their statistics. And the gal that I talked to was one of the uh, epidemiologists there. And, uh, and basically just said, it depends on the state. So it really is based upon the secretary of health for each individual state as to how they report their death statistics or their illness statistics to the CDC. And it's, it's as varied as they come. Like for instance, some states, they, they consider um, a flu-like illness like 2020-21 uh, flu season is uh, going to be like this. They're classifying two basic categories. One is an FLI, which is the flu-like illness, and the other is a CLI, which is COVID-like illness. So if you if you have a flu-like illness that's not a COVID-like illness, of course, you don't go on the COVID statistics. But the thing that's really confusing is a lot of people uh, will have uh, what they call presumed COVID diagnosis. So the presumption of covid means that they don't necessarily know whether or not the patient had it, but the patient died and they had a COVID-like illness. So if they classify shortness of breath or chest pain um, and they had some sort of illness and, and died from it, say they had an MI or they had a stroke or, or multi-system organ failure, then they just put that down as a COVID death. And so, you know, I don't know if we'll ever really know how many people truly died of just COVID-19 or how many people were going to die this year because they they were literally, their life expectancy was to die this year, and then they either got COVID or they had a COVID-like illness, and so they just got put in the big lump bucket of COVID uh, deaths. And so- There's uh, how many car uh, accidents yeah, there were think, with people with COVID that were counted, because that's been happening too. I don't know if it matters, but um, have you guys seen the preview to Songbird? Songbird, wait, what Songbird? I don't know, no, obviously we haven't since we don't know what it is. Songbird. Is that a, a science that fiction that, thriller, Aaron? Science fiction thriller? Uh, yeah, Aaron, come, Aaron. Aaron. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Tell us what Songbird is so we can look it up. Maybe. So, so just maybe to wrap this here. up, this guy says he thinks that, that those are not vulnerable should immediately be allowed to resume normal activities. And, and he said that schools and universities should be open for in-person teaching. Extracurricular activities such as sports and, and such should be resumed. And so I think that the, the, the science is pretty, oh, COVID-20. COVID-23. <laughs> what the heck is that? 
Oh, here it you know, is. Here's the trailer. Testing RNA, DNA, or both. Okay, so what do you mean by that? Testing RNA and DNA or both? Uh, wait, wait, what is? What so the DNA. Thing? This is not a DNA virus. It's an RNA virus. So um, they wouldn't. There's basically they they take the DNA, they amplify it, and they turn it back to RNA. When they do a PCR study, it's really complicated. And that's why a lot of them turn out positive, but they're false positives because it's a very complicated test you can do like false negatives too because if you don't get enough amplifications and you don't get enough um, nucleic acid uh, whether it's deoxy or ribonucleic acid that's dna versus rna um, then you don't get enough to that the sensors the light spectrum of the actual sensors can't pick up the spectral differences um, and then they they, they won't know uh, whether it, you'll think it's a negative and it's actually you don't know so that's part of the problem um, but does anybody okay so what the the last thing is does anybody know what the, the, the great barrington declaration barrington the great barrington declaration it was signed by forty three thousand medical and uh, public health scientists forty three thousand let that number sink in for a second forty three thousand um, so so it doesn't represent a fringe uh view within the scientific community and, uh, and basically, it's a central portion of the scientific debate. Basically, um, yeah, members of the public can sign it as well. But if you go to Great Barrington Declaration, you just Google it. You can read all about it. But basically, they're just saying um, we just need to stick with the science and uh, and and not and not let it, the politics intervene. And that's what's sad about this is that there's so many people. Look, here's what makes me mad. You know, there's people that die this year and nobody could go to their funerals. There's people. There's family members that passed this year and only one person and sometimes at, at, during the spring they wouldn't let anybody in um and they were dying with in total strangers and i mean i yeah. mean it's just it's it's, it's, it's heartless and inhumane to continue this this absolute insanity as to how we're treating this like it's ebola and it's not okay yeah. chloe just got married and most of our family had to watch via zoom because no and, nowhere will hold more than 20 fucking people yeah her so, uh, grandparents watched on Zoom. Like it's funny. Awful. It's funny how everyone talks about following the science when it comes to climate change. But then they don't want to follow science for literally anything else. And so, or you're you're like you lose your job. I mean, it's people literally losing their jobs just by speaking out. And um, and and it's it's amazing how this the total lockdown culture now is. Worrisome to me that people are like following along with it somehow, like it's fact, it's science. It's they're really they're really afraid. I, I can tell you, there's people that are just horrified. They're so afraid, and this is it's like I, like I was riding my bike on a path earlier this summer, and and they you'd be I'd be riding along, and the people would walk in the other direction, and they would all put their masks on, and I would just laugh. It was just hilarious. <laughs> Man, I. We're in, you know, we're in a real freaky deaky part of the United States, too. I mean, I've talked about how many um, states we've been through since shutdown. Brayden and I have been, my son and I have been through like 25 states. And by far, the craziest people are on the West Coast, or mostly Oregon and Washington, actually. Californians, I think, are real fucking tired of this shit, too. So. Well, here's the other thing that this article talked about that I didn't even know it was that high. I wouldn't have guessed it, but it said that for, um, for 18 to 26 year olds but one in four 
have seriously, because of this, in the last three months, have seriously con uh, considered suicide. I mean, that should, I mean, that's 25%. That's not 2.5%. That's a crazy number. And it's, I think it's directly associated with, let me see what the numbers are exactly, but it's 25%. One in four, but I want to, the age group, I remember, I'm trying to remember where the age group was. That should concern everybody, honestly. And then who's responsible for that? That's the, that's the media, that's the people who are fanning the flames of fear. I mean, the, the, you know, the, what the other bothers me, man, when something really bad that happens, when it's really bad, people are going to go, they told us this was really bad and they didn't see, you know, uh, and then when something does happen, then people are going to blow it off. Like That's the, the boy who cried wolf. Yeah, it's the chicken little syndrome, you know. Um, so I just like to read the numbers and get as much information as you can. It's hard to find it, but at hillsdale.edu, that's H-I-L-L-S, hillsdale.edu, you can find articles that are scholarly articles that are written by people who actually write the articles that are in journals, that the medical journals, the New England Journal of Medicine, AMA, all that stuff, um, the, the scientific journals are coming are harder and harder to come by because um, they just don't want that information out there. But I think it's important we know what the real scientists think about stuff and not just what people's opinions are. They're trying to scare everybody. Yeah, there's doctors all over the fucking earth that are speaking out against this and they're being silenced. And so that tells us right there that this isn't about a virus. This is about something much more sinister. And I have this um, trailer going right now, this Songbird trailer. It's really 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 disturbing <laughs> so we just can't let it get to that point and i think that that's why this whole election needs that. to is be that overturned on, is that because Netflix? this is really awful well you know um i don't think it's out yet it says 2021 so there was a movie i just watched not too long ago and it was like it was so eerie because it was so what is it called it was what they call pandemic there was a movie, I'm trying to remember who was in it, and it just like had, it was like, it was like this, maybe just a little bit worse, but not much. And it was just same old thing with people dying and then getting a vaccine and all the lockdowns and stuff like that. It was so eerie that it was like 2012, I guess. It was not that long ago, maybe 2014. If anybody recalls, if anybody knows, let me know. Yeah, I can't remember the name is... of it, but I remember I watched it and said, it was crazy. So anyway, just keep, keep, uh, I mean, you know, there is there is hope. Um, oh my God! Yeah. So uh, in this trailer, they've got place. Oh my God. they've got like their phones are like detecting their temperature and like sickness, and then they have people like coming after you. Oh uh, yeah, we gotta like, watch that. So it's called Songbird. It's called Songbird, it. but it, I don't That's think it's out yet. It says 2021. I think this is just the. This is just the trailer for it. I think that the thing that's scary about this, though, is um, honestly, is they is, talk a, about quarantine camps. <laughs> there's a concept of thing called normalcy bias, and everyone thinks that it's basically it's how our society kind of thinks everything's going to be okay or whatever. That can never happen here. How many people thought that? Oh, yeah, civil war that can never happen here. Oh. The, you know, whatever, nuclear war, that can never happen. It's because we've been living so many years. Um, most people that are alive... Sure, are in, shit is happening yeah, right now. It's, hap stuff it's is happening. happening. Yeah. And honestly, I've been reading more about us actually being in a war, and we are. I think we are at war because war is different at this 
point. It's a different, yeah, it's an information we're, war. We're not having the war in anymore isn't we're going to get nuked necessarily. The war is how can we take down the strongest country in the world from the inside and that's exactly what's happening and we're watching it play out in front of our eyeballs and they've done it for so long with like subliminal messaging and subversion and ideology that there's now a huge part of our population that's like oh well as long as biden's president it's fine if he cheated oh as long as it's for the greater good it's fine if they manipulate our votes are you kidding me yeah, it's for the greater good. Mm -hmm. So we should just stay locked down regardless of what the data says, because the experts say that we should. What experts? Well, it's interesting. Who are these people? They're, they're trying to make it like if you want freedom, you're selfish. I mean, it's interesting that they that if there's any sense of individualism, what made America great was a rugged individualism. And now it's like it's crazy how that is as it's touted as being selfish and and whatnot, contagion. Oh, that might be it. Yeah, Arlen, that's that's. I think it's a called contagion. Yeah, Aaron. Aaron. Yeah, Aaron. I like the way that's spelled. Anyway, mm -hmm. Aaron Hyman. Aaron. Yeah, yeah, contagion. That's what it was. I think it was like 2014. But it's eerie how <laughs> I was like, wow, that's just they use all the same words that they're using now. So yeah, cool. The whole green zone. What do you guys feel about this whole green zone? AI war. Uh, green zone. What do you mean, like, what do you mean, green zone? Do we not know something? Green, no, zone. green zone, like global warming, or or the, is there like an actual green zone? Yeah, bring tell that. me. Wait, Maybe yeah, I should yeah, look yeah. that. The ones making the rules are the ones, and we are the slaves to the system. Yeah, the, yeah that's exactly. exactly. That's right. the plan. Aaron, that's yeah, right. that's exactly right. Green it seems like that's what's happening. Zone. But you know what's interesting if you look at like every civilization in the past like 200 years or so when you've seen you know the rise and fall of quote unquote capitalism and the socialist the revolutions that lead to communism it's interesting that it's just elites just transplanting the other elites do you see what i'm saying and it's it really has nothing to do with their caring about egalitarianism it's actually never been about that it's always about command and control and you just have a different set of people who are the the plebeians and you have the elites and the plebeians and in, in a capitalist system or a free enterprise system it's the haves and the have-nots so they like to exploit that uh, difference that saying that they have-nots can never have so it's kind of funny how how we're um you know just have it it's the same it's just different definitions of who's in charge, you know? And it's just like, uh, it's like Gavin Newsom, you know, telling everybody not to gather. And then here he has a big dinner and eats out, no masks on. Like it's, it all the rules apply to everyone else, not them. And that's why it's just such hypocrisy, you know? Either you follow it too, and you do it, you know, by the rule or you don't, or you say, hey, don't do it at all. I think it's just ridiculous. Amen. <laughs> I was looking at um, green zone. Oh, what's that? The definition of green zone. Let me know if this is what you're talking about. The definition of green zone varies from community to community, but there is a common concept. A green zone designation provides a local framework to protect the environmental and economic health of a community heavily affected by local pollution. Read more about green zones in this LA Times article. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but I know that I'm not going to like it. Okay. Well, <laughs> I can tell you that much. I remember I had a journalism professor back in college who covered, he was a, a, a AP journalist covering Nikita Khrushchev, and he was talking about in the Soviet Union, you know, they were supposed to be this great Soviet, you know, communism and whatnot, and everybody was equal, except for the people in the Politburo, they had their own, they had their own lanes and traffic where their cars would go separate from everybody else. They had their own stores they could shop in, and they all had these massive palaces on the Black Sea and whatnot. And he just goes, they were just, they were, they were just incredibly elite and wealthy, and everybody else was eating boiled potatoes and living in little tiny bo cracker boxes and high rises. <laughs> so yeah. That's when uh, Marxism at its best. Yeah, for sure. Fucking Marxism. Um, I will post the article here. Oh, okay, cool. Thanks. That'd be great. I'd love to read it. Um, humans crave power. Money is just con a control mechanism that correlates with power. If you think, if you think about it, the only reason for money is to keep classes of people in check. We don't need money if everyone worked towards a common goal, but because of greed and power, that can never be possible. Well, I think that's an interesting take on it. I, I think there's more, there's a little bit more to it if you look at the history of currency and what money is for. A, a, a medium of exchange, there had to be some way instead of barter economies, money became an issue. And if you look at the history and philosophy of exchange currencies, that you find out why. It's not just about, um, you know, they had to have a means of exchanging work for something durable and exchangeable. There was nothing at the time. They say, you can someone come and move this pile of dirt and then get this sack of potatoes. And, and that was a very, very difficult system of, of commerce and you know there's gold exchanges but the whole idea of currency and money it came about as as, as populations grew and the, the and the transaction velocities of economies began to grow you had to have sort of money so i don't think money in itself is evil um, but i also think that if you think about communal living every time it's been tried it hasn't worked because there's always the riders and the pullers in life and <laughs> you know it it's everyone, it's always the person who's screaming the most about egalitarianism that actually wants to ride in the wagon and expects somebody else to do the heavy duty pulling. And that's the problem with humanity is, you know, I was talking to my kids yesterday about, you know, what's the fundamental issue of what makes the difference between someone who's conservative and someone who's liberal in not the classical sense of the word, but today the progressive versus the conservative today. And it's what people think about whether people are good, basically, or they're bad, basically. And if someone who thinks someone's basically good, they're going to think that they're going to buy automatically just share everything. And it's going to be a big kumbaya and a big quixotic world where everybody's helping each other out. And that's a nice theory, but it just is not true in it's, practice. People are not good. I mean, it's the utopian lie that right. has been shoved down people's throats for the last 30 years. So if you believe people are good, then you probably think that communism and Marxism actually works in there because it doesn't work. It's because of bad capitalists and bad people that are greedy. But I mean, greed is bad all the way around, but but working hard and earning wealth is not bad, that, but that's being made to be bad now. I mean, the millennials- Yeah, because they need us all to be on the same page to, right. to you know, usher in the new, the new fucking world order, because that's- not well, a conspiracy anymore. It's almost like it's been, it's it's increasingly, it seems like, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but 
we don't work for each other. We work hard every night. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah. I don't know. It's always if you try to find someone that meets you halfway, it, the the halfway point is always going to be uh, up to uh, up to debate. You know, say so meet me halfway, and then they go the fifty yard line. No, 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 meet me over here. I mean, just as human nature to kind of. To think I think that- like um, a lot of this, a lot of the talk about a lot of things comes back to what we believe human nature actually is, right? Because I think a lot of um, liberal beliefs as humans naturally, like human nature is is good and pure. And that's not the case. I mean, if if you are a Bible-believing person at all, you know that you're taught that humans aren't inherently good yeah. and we were born into sin and that is just the way it is because Adam ate the fucking mm-hmm. apple. So because you're going to preach in I mean it's I mean that's it's it's a difference in philosophy. We have to try to be good and we need to make an effort to be better. But if given, you know, a free ride or the opportunity to work hard, at the end of the day, humans by nature most of them are going to choose the free ride. Right. So um, that has been shoved down this you in the packaged in this utopian whatever for the last thirty years in this country where we were built on working hard and now we're not anymore. And it's giving in to that that human that na- human nature narrative that's not actually the case. Well, they, they say that, that that system of meritocracy is what drives, what is the engine that drives every socialist government. It's the desire of individuals to have to work that extra hour to make that extra little widget to barter it is what's driven, even the Chinese communist regime is driven by people's desire to have a little bit nice or something or other, so they work extra hard for it, and that's actually the economic engine is, is that mercantilism or meritocracy so one other thing that it's interesting through the COVID-19 thing that I think nobody's talking much about which I think we need to talk about I'd be interested to see what you guys think we got to talk about death and dying in this country we got to talk about what it means to live a good and fulfilled life and when you get toward the end why are we putting 80 year olds on ventilators I mean I personally believe that when you have COVID-19 and you're in a nursing home and you're 92 years old why are we transferring them to the hospital to treat them? You don't get them off. You don't get a 90-year-old off a ventilator with COVID-19. You don't, you have a hard time getting a 35-year-old off a ventilator with COVID. And once you put them on a vent, getting them off is going to be really, really hard. It's a tiny percentage of people actually come off the vents with COVID-19. If they require it. flooding their lungs. Well, yeah, they don't even it, need to be on that trauma. ventilator. But I guess it gets back to this. As a society, where are we going to spend our greatest treasure in the last six months of life when someone's lived 90 years and they are are we gonna start looking um i I think we got to start facing the music pretty soon as to when we see something like this um you know how how are we going to as a society encourage people to make the right choices about dignity in and in, in, in dying death and dying so we're not talking about that everyone's talking about all the great technologies that we have to try to increase people's lifespan and is it quality of life or is it just quantity of life and i mean this is going to raise the issue again where we have precious resources when you protect your vulnerable um i i think that it's it's something we need to have a talk about it's a 900 pound gorilla in the room i see have a master's degree in clinical gerontology and that's 
it's time for us to have some pretty hard discussions about as a culture, uh, how are we gonna look at what it means to die with dignity and to live life to the fullest? And I think, I don't know, I don't, I don't have the answer, but we sure need to have that discussion. One of the I can tell you is because we have the technology to do things doesn't mean we should be doing things. Mm-hmm. And um, I can tell you story after story. What I'm, my specialty is prolonging life. And, and, and um, there's one part of what I do that relieves agony and pain. And there's another part of what I do is just prolongs what I'd say is a very meaningless um, existence. And, and, and some people think that's really harsh. But I could tell you story after story after story about things that we do. We spend hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars on people. And I go, why are we doing this? It's not, you know, that's that's not a quality of life. That's not a dignity. It's indignity. It's incivil. It's incivility to treat people. I think the way we do in our end of life issues. And so, it's it's a tough discussion and it's a tough reality. But I mean. I mean, do you want to be miserable and like shitting the bed all the time and not be able to leave and your family doesn't come and see you anymore? And like, I'd rather not. If I'm, if you have to come change my diaper every two hours and I can't move myself and I'm 90, can you just be, can we be done with it? Stop saving me. Well, also too, is, is the elasticity of our healthcare system, you know, it, what's really troubling is if this little virus that's really not causing, I mean, as a percentage, it's really a tiny percentage of people actually requiring hospitalization, even smaller requiring intensive care. If we are so stretched that this little bug is getting us uh, all crazy, what is going to happen if we have a really bad, like a like something like a, an Ebola that has a 44% case fatality rate, not a point two percent case fatality rate so you know and, and or a war or a massive natural disaster you know earthquake along the west coast and um, in california slides into the pacific ocean becomes an island that that could be something that could happen and um what are we going to do how are we going to handle that it just seems like that we're very brittle but we're really not i think that that it's weird right now that in the very beginning of this, we built all these temporary hospitals and we had all these military hospitals. Where are they now? They're, maybe we need to start, are we really at a place where we're gonna have to use those or do we have a, we have more elasticity? You know, those are hard answers. Even as a doctor, you can't get a lot of that information because it's almost like you're, you have to walk on eggshells just to get information. All you just want, I just wanna know what's going on, but it's almost protected like, and I, I don't know what's up with that. That's weird to me. It's strange that it's so protected. Like somehow we are asking questions and you're looked, you know, why is he asking those questions? Well, because I just want to know what's going on. And you can't even tell. You can't get the information. That's what's bizarre. So so a lot of people that are high risk um, because of cancer or like whatever it is, they want to be able to make the steps themselves to protect themselves, right? So I just looked up this um, thing that was posted um, about the green zones. And they're talking about a shielding approach. Okay, I'm gonna read this out loud. What is the shielding approach? 
The shielding approach aims to reduce the number of severe COVID-19 cases by limiting contact between individuals at higher risk of developing severe disease, high risk, and the general population, low risk. High risk individuals would be temporarily relocated to safe or green zones established at the household, neighborhood, camp, sector, or community level depending on the context and setting. They would have minimal contact with family members and other low risk residents. Current evidence indicates that older adults and people of any age who have serious underlying medical conditions are at higher risk for severe illness from COVID-19. In most humanitarian settings, older population groups make up a small percentage of total population. For this reason, the shielding approach suggests physically separating high-risk individuals from the general population to prioritize the use of limited available available resources and avoid implementing long-term long containment measures among the general population. In theory, shielding may serve its objective to protect high-risk populations from disease and death. However, implementation of this approach uh, necessitates strict adherence to protocol. Inadvertent introduction of the virus into a green zone may result in rapid transmission among the most vulnerable populations the approach is trying to protect. The fuck? Is that a fact? Well, <laughs> this is on. I mean, I saw the word camp there, and I was like, "This is on the centers. This is on the CDC website." I know that's 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 troublesome. This is disturbing. Camps. This is disturbing. Sounds like concentration camps to me. This can't happen. That's weird. We have nursing home. We have ways we can just use good hygiene and use PPE, and like within a nursing home, if you have COVID positives, have COVID wars. Put everybody in the same wing. That are positive, you know. There's ways to do that. I think that we're not really doing. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Cuomo it, just won an Emmy, though. Cuomo, Cuomo just won an Emmy for his response to the coronavirus. I know so it. That's so amazing. We should just ask him how to save old people yeah, because yeah. he clearly did right. such a good job. Yeah. God, pat him on the back. Yeah. What a good governor. Cuomo eugenics. Cuomo eugenics. Yes. Yeah, oh, what a guy. Yeah, what a fucking guy. Yeah. What a guy. Well, so. So yeah, I <laughs> I just think that's bizarre that they would even come up wow. with that. Other than the fact that they're just sitting there trying to do their jobs and thinking what would happen if they had these massive outbreaks, I still think that they've been in search of a of a pandemic. They're they're stretching the word pandemic on this so severely. I don't think this actually qualifies as a pandemic it anymore. How, uh, how definition is not a pandemic. How does it? But I think how that, are we even remember, still calling it that? Not too long ago, there was the. Was it measles outbreak at, at like Disneyland and they yeah. acted like it was going to be like, the end of oh the world? Oh my god, and like, people aren't getting vaccinated. A couple anymore. of kids got sick and, gonna die. Yeah, and, then, and then it went away. And I think they were all bummed about that. So it's almost like that they want it's like someone's looking for, you know, I don't know, it's like a firefighter training for a fire and you finally have a fire and you get real excited about it and you go fight the fire. I think that's the same thing in the epidemiologic world that they. That pandemics are like their is their forest fire. They got to go fight it and get them all excited. But I think that you know, I, I the the other thing that I'm that I'm just it's really interesting is is when you look at the public health sector and you find out. I mean, who how yeah you know, how are these people making their decisions that have this incredible effect in locking down entire economies? Um, based upon their recommendations. And I, I don't know that we have a really good, but I think going forward, I hope that we have some way 
to maybe make this more of a transparent process and have some parameters and rules that they have to follow as opposed to just, you know, start ringing the, the alarm bell and then everything shuts down and, and you lose, you know, tens of thousands of, uh, of businesses. And that translates to wealth, a wealth loss. I mean, you, we talk about wealth transfers right now. You're seeing small business lose their wealth in, in unprecedented levels. I, I can't. And so I, yeah. I, the business aspect of this whole entire situation pisses me off so bad because they couldn't make it any more obvious that they want small businesses to die. Yeah, well, you know, if you think about it, why is that? And I tell you the reason why that is, is because you think about how the tax structure works, and when you're when everybody's W two, everybody you can just you, remember you don't have to report your income in W two. They take it out of your check. You don't have the option. You do have the option to live to well, not. If you, if you, you, if, well, you no. if you have a W two, you do. You can say you can claim exempt or whatever, and you cannot have it. Well, even FICA, like Social Security, Medicare comes out of it. You don't have a choice for that. You have to get, you don't have, you can't exempt unless you have another, like unless you have a, like a state employee or a railroad or airline pilot where you have another form of a pension. You can't exempt yourself from Social Security taxes. Can you? Medicare, everybody has to pay Medicare on everything. Mm. But the point is, I think that, 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 that if you get, if you look at other models around the world, um, you know, we're, kind of one of the rare places that actually has a huge chunk of our economy is, is independent proprietorship. 59%. Mm -hmm. And that's rare. That's rare. And not anymore. That yeah. number has to be lower now. I mean, you're going to, I think we're going to come to a time, honestly, where your yard guy, if you want to have a yard guy, you can't just pay somebody. You have to go through like, I don't know, True Green or through Home Depot or Lowe's. They'll be all subscribed you won't be able to have just a handyman come to your house and fix your fence. You'll have to actually pay for somebody because they, they, they want it you all know, to be it's corporate. Time to that. Everything's no, going corporate. Be, everything is, but this is a perfect opportunity to usher it in because even some of the big corporations are not going to hack it. So, I mean, if you look at, okay, so, oh, let's talk about this for a second. Um, <laughs> they have proof in these lawsuits. They have actual proof that Zuck, Mr. Zuck, spent $450 million on this election. He, there were, he put boxes in places that he want in highly Democrat areas in, um, in Georgia. They were like two miles apart in the Republican areas. They were 1100 miles apart. Oh, it's a, 1100 miles or 1100. 1100. Oh, but that's a lot. Hundred. Be like three of them in the exactly. whole United States. Exactly. Oh, okay. Well, so, here's the thing. I'm you know, just saying, like. But you know, the, 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 this is a free country, honestly. And if the billionaires want to support an, a, a candidate, they still have the right to be able to do that. Um, I, it's a free. Like I said, I mean, if no, the, but he the, can't. Like because of because of the way that Facebook is structured. Yeah, and they, the yeah. way that they receive certain benefits from the government, right. they aren't allowed to do certain things. And he does it anyways, just like the censorship issue. They're not actually supposed to be censoring because they're not a publisher. But he's acting like a publisher. Yeah, and he's dumped hundreds of millions of dollars into the ways that they are censoring us. So it's... 
Well, that's really the same thing bad. with Twitter and Jack Dorsey. I mean, I, I just think it's crazy how you watch people getting Twitter banned over things that they, they find offensive. And if you look who the Twitter, um, who's the person who is in charge of Twitter's security, whatever, the, their compliance person, she's not what I would say would be a normal person. I think that she's probably going to have a, have agenda, and I don't mean to be judgmental, but I'm saying that this is a person that I, when I read about her, I said, well, there's no way she's going to be um, someone that's going to see both sides of the issue and say, oh, yeah, that's reasonable. I think she has a very strong agenda. I'm pretty so, sure. Wasn't she one of the people that was, like, worked for Obama or something? Well, I, one of them has like multiple staff members in charge of this shit that, yeah, work, that worked like worked in the Obama administration. You've so. got to hand it to them. I mean, they're doing what they need to do to win, and they're they're getting right <laughs> they're in there. They're breaking laws. Well, I don't know. We don't have laws written. This is all kind of new, uncharted territory. Now, social media is uh, fairly new in the last, uh, you know, it's grown in influence. I'd say in the last four years, even. I mean, even before 2016, social media was there, but it was more a platform of just socialization. Most people just went there to interact and get. You know, share pictures. It's become politicized big time. It's weaponized now. It, it wasn't. Well, that before. was the plan. Yeah. The well, maybe time. it was, or maybe, I, and, or maybe you know, the CCP decided, oh, we're just gonna dump a bunch of. It. Here's the thing, okay? Um, when the whole TikTok thing happened, and they were like, oh, TikTok is tracking our data. Okay, guess what? Facebook does that too. Facebook looks at all the things that we do on other apps also, and that was one of the things that was in the hearings that they were confronted about and Zuck decided to act like he has no fucking clue what's going on but Josh Howley had like a whole presentation showing him what it tracks on our phone and so that was one of the things that TikTok was getting in trouble for was hey look um, we know that you're looking at other people's phones yeah so they were in Hong Kong and so is so is Facebook and so is Twitter and one of the main things a few months ago that gave it away for me that Twitter and Facebook are basically controlled by the CCP is that wait, they're taking over Hong Kong, right? Okay, so we want to see all of your data. TikTok was like, peace the fuck out. They pulled right out of Hong Kong and didn't even like bother with trying to comply. And Facebook and Twitter were like, all right. We'll be in here again. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> no. Well, here's the you're thing. just you're gonna you're gonna be open to that. Yeah. You want the Chinese government looking at our data? What? Well, you know, the funny thing is when you look at the history of Facebook, it was actually a creeper site to begin with. It it, it opened up as a way to to basically check out chicks on campus. So it, it kind of fits. <laughs> it's not any different. I mean, the thing is, is that we've all played into this. I mean, uh, everybody's gotten kind of addicted to the whole, you know, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and whatnot. And I think that that's really our fault more than it is anybody's. We, we've kind of let ourselves, I mean, how much time do you spend on, on social media now? Look at the number of minutes, I mean, we're sitting here it. talking on social media. It's a good way to connect. What I think that it people, is. like, it's people, what what the likes and all of that can do to your brain is, like, the same as doing drugs, right? It so it's something that we all have to be Dopamine. aware of. Yep. Also, um, we all need to understand that what's being put in front of our face is just really an algorithm, and we're getting fed the things that we like all the time, all the time, all the time. And 
people are now that's how Facebook and Instagram and you know these corporations are making money is by advertisers and they have the algorithm and the advertisers make money and then they dump tons and tons into I mean to to advertise on Facebook is so expensive really to get good results like it's insane like you know those people the coaches and stuff that are you are in your feed all the time and life stuff. Coaches and, and, yeah, yeah, life coaches and then um, brands. You pay, the more you pay, the bigger audience. Mm. And the bigger the audience and then the more specialized the audience is, it's going to cost you money. So I personally know some coaches. They make a lot of money on their programs, but they also put like eighteen to $20,000 a month into wow. Facebook. That's crazy. I mean, really think about that. So people are making a shitload of money off of advertising on Facebook. It's not just Facebook that's making money. I mean, online entrepreneurs and I mean, this is a way that advertisers, people don't watch commercials anymore. They get all of their advertisements based off of these kinds of social platforms. The thing about it is that there's, there needs to be certain regulations on what they're allowed to stock us over. Stuff. Well, I think too, you know, just like within the public airwaves, maybe the, the radio waves are public and they're controlled by the uh, FCC. And then I think the problem with the internet is there's a lot of people who really push back against, um, against controlling content on the internet, but it looks like that maybe, it's going to have to be considered because it's such a huge domain. It's like, it's like the airways. I mean, they don't want that, you know, the FCC gets involved in the airways because it's kind of a, a, a monopoly. And I think the internet is similar to that. So it's going to be a big debate going forward. Um, well, but, but it's already being censored. So like um, if you Googled uh, like dominion.com with like a another phrase after it in Google, it'll come up as nothing. And if you go to DuckDuckGo, you'll get the actual article about it. It'll say, Google doesn't understand what you're saying. Oh, well, it's convenient. So, I mean, Google's right there with the censoring. And if you use Google as a search engine, then you're not getting a lot of the stuff that you should probably be seeing. Yeah, I think DuckDuckGo is better for a lot of different reasons, too, because they don't track you like Google does. But how long would that last? And and I worry that Google and somebody that's so big, they're going to come in and pay (laughs) and buy out. The, those platforms but well but that okay so that's the thing right so like with parlor yeah an, a gazillionaire started it some chick i can't remember her name but she's a lot of money mm-hmm. and so she's the financial backer behind it okay but like with anything like that even a small brand now people are building brands for the purpose of getting bought out because they want the big paycheck oh, but it feeds into the monopolies right so, and if, I mean, if you built a platform that was worth however many dollars, would you, would you walk away from 350,000 or I mean, million, would you 350 million just because it like doesn't fit what you wanted it to be. I mean, lots of people, that's how, well, so that's how about, Are you worried that's going to happen with Parler? No, not necessarily. I'm using that as an example because she might not cave because she's already worth so much money like for her probably i'm assuming because she's conservative i'm pretty sure she one of her missions was because she doesn't want it to be brought out 
just hopped on. Yeah, did you Ryan, know that Candace Owens? Oh, yes, yeah, it did. That's going to be interesting. Candace Owens' lawsuit. Yeah. She's going to win. Well, just, yeah, it's like Sandman. It's just Nick Sandman with a kid that yeah. won against that. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think, I think that's going to be our court system, actually. It's the biggest impact that I think Trump has had on our country is is creating a court system that's going to follow the rule of law mm-hmm. and i mean if his biggest legacy if he ends up not not prevailing in this in the 12th amendment pathway that it looks like it's headed towards he, he's still going to have had an, an amazing impact on our society just by virtue of the fact that he's put you know justices and uh, federal judges in positions to Rule who by aren't law, and compromised. They're, yeah, they're not going to be. They just, actually respect the Constitution. The you know judicial activism is is a is a moniker of the past, I believe, that the liberals used to try to uh, subvert our democracy, and 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 Trump has basically shut that down. Um, it's amazing how many. I mean, I don't think that percentage wise, there's any president since George Washington that's put as many judges in position in play as a percentage of the judiciary, uh, as, as Trump did. One of the greatest examples is the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals it used to be, uh, it was 13 to, uh, no, it was 21 to 6. There's 27 justices, or 27 judges on that appeals court, and now it's like 14, 13. It's still liberal by one. But, I mean, look at the difference in the shift there. That took that completely out of play for uh, judicial activism and the way it used to shop, you know, everything came through Hawaii. All these weird lawsuits came through Hawaii and Washington and Oregon and California because that was Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. And those are the ones that would always be, you know, shopped for those different radical lawsuits. And now that's, at least it's now even to where there's got to be more, I think, merit by the law. And that's going to be really good. So I, I wish Candace Owens well. I think she's amazing. And uh, also, Will Witt is hilarious too. Oh my gosh, I just think that guy's great. Funny. But it's going to be fun to see um, that people taking them on, and, and they've got so much money. I mean, nothing, nothing stops corporations in their tracks faster than a two hundred million dollar judgment, <laughs> or you know, it could be bigger than that. I mean, it could be. It, sometimes it's based upon their ability to pay. I and mean, so, maybe that's how we take them down. Well, yeah. I mean, when they do, when there's malfeasance. And when there's, I mean, there's there's torts all over the place in different states. And California has some pretty serious tort laws with torturous interference and stuff like that. It'd be interesting to see, you know, what kind of uh, lawyers can put together creatively to make these guys actually play nice in the sandbox. I think that's going to be fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like Congress has to make some rules around the the media companies for sure or they need to lose the status that they currently have if they want to be publishers fine fine but they don't get any sort of subsidy or anything fine you know what we play by the rules okay fine if we know we're going to get censored we know we're going to get censored i mean we've put stuff in place that they haven't quite figured out yet right like when i want to post something that i think is going to be censored i'll say 
look in the comments because they're not going over the comments very much, or, right? And, and it's something that isn't viral, it they don't pay attention to it unless it starts getting shared a whole bunch. Yeah, and then the other so, thing too is they use text editors to, to look for certain keywords. And so if you shot, save and post as a picture, they don't necessarily, they won't see it right away until you share it a lot. Yeah. But ordinarily that's the way you get kind of around that. Mm -hmm. As you show, you shot screenshot something and then post it as a picture, and their 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 um, optical recognition stuff doesn't pick it up like it is if it's a. They text put or... something out there. Um, there was like a award if somebody could come up with a technology to be able to read photos. Mark Zuckerberg. Mark is it Mark? Mark yeah. Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. He uh, actually had like an award out there. Like if Delva, if a developer wants to bring this technology to us, we'll pay you like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars or something. That's it. Yeah. Really, bud? <laughs> really, Zach? It's worth more than that. You don't. You can't figure it out, it, and your developers yeah. at Facebook can't figure it out. But you want somebody to comment, and and then you'll pay yeah. two hundred fifty grand. Twenty-five million. That'd be more. Yeah, likely. go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Well, up your game a little bit, buddy. So, so, so the thing is, is just looking towards, um, let's see, half the half the time. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, sometimes it's a, you should wear it as a badge of honor to be put in Facebook jail. I think no, that's, yeah. yeah. Cause I mean, you know, that's, I haven't been put there yet, but I had, I've had my posts blocked before. Yeah, we get threatened on the group all the time. That's why sometimes we just have to erase things because we don't want to lose the group in general, but it's so fucking annoying. Um, the other half don't care. Yeah, no. They think, I mean, honestly, it's crazy how many people think it's good that so many things are censored. It's crazy. Because there's a vast majority of humans that are like, oh, well, so much of misinformation is being, okay, the mainstream is misinformation. Well, the deal is, is who actually really knows? I mean, I think part of getting to the truth is looking at all the sides and find diddling for the but middle. But that is irresponsible. Uh, well, you no. know, have you ever talked That's to anybody? Now. Talk to anybody who watched a car wreck and then the guy says, yeah, that car hit that car. And the guy goes, no, that car hit that car. It depends on what your perspective is. It's always about that. So that's what, I think when you censor information and you get half the picture, you never know what the real truth is. You know, sometimes it's halfway in between and sometimes it's nothing like anybody saw it. And I think that's why you need to get as much information as you can. And, and, um, yeah, yeah, that's what I, I think. Yeah. So anyway, well, we have an interesting week coming up. The, what's happening now is, um, is there's a short order to certification and uh and and you know i believe it's 14th of december that um that the electoral college has to meet and vote okay and then they have to that the certifications have to be completed within i think eight days so december 6th i believe it's either december 6th or december 8th are the match that's a week that's net that's basically what is the day today and it's a week and a few days and so we're talking really really short order that we're going to find out a lot of stuff about whether or not this is going to go, um, you know, to to the House Representative. Now, the, here's the thing: I just saw today that Trump uh, told somebody I don't remember who it was that if the if the Electoral College votes 270 for, and if they have the votes to get it, in other words, if they're not contested votes and they actually can get the votes to Biden, that he will accept that uh that 
that final, that'll be his final result. Well, so I was also listening to an interview with, um, it was the same interview that talked about how much money Facebook had spent, but it was like David, David something junior, David, uh, Harris, Harris Jr. David Harris, awesome. Yeah, he had the senator on that's actually like involved in the findings and all of that stuff. Um, and he was saying that um, whether or not Trump does take office again, they're not going to let this go. So like the lawsuits and the things are going to keep coming regardless of what happens with the Electoral College. Well, very clearly, we need to get a handle on why we let foreign entities own our voting systems and our software, and well, why why that's why that's open it's source. The why you can hack? Order. Yeah, why you can hack? Well, that's another whole another issue. That why didn't they take that into play? I don't know, but um, you can go underneath it. You know? <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, so the next week is going to be critical. I think to our democracy. I mean, it's gonna be interesting. You know, if you know the history of the 12th Amendment, uh, 1796, 1800, and 1824. So it's been a long time since that's been invoked. And I don't know that it's ever been invoked for the allegations of fraud. And so it just, you know, I mean, but it's a pathway, it is a pathway. And I don't think we've ever had this level of, of election chicanery look at the very least when you look at the at the data that they've come up with and the mathematicians run their models on it and you see the statistical improbabilities of the even if you just take it and break it down based on the percentage of votes that are coming back in and um bye, yeah, i like that ryan that's actually a good idea ryan says the military should take over and and actually to demand you know to just have some sort of consistency um yeah, yeah. There's nothing like a Bradley fighting vehicle sitting out in front of a polling place with a 50 cal or a Vulcan cannon on top to get people in line to actually vote properly. What do you think? <laughs> well, it needs to be there during the counting situation. I mean, honestly, if we had soldiers counting votes instead of just regular people, they can be bought off a lot less. Well, you know, my I have a friend and a neighbor who works for a company that, that uh, the reason why they're doing so well is because of all the online transactions. He was saying that we have technology right now, encryption technology that's so good that we really could have an application on your phone that's encrypted and you could vote from your phone. It would be so secure. That's that, no. what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I think would we be, need and, to do. And, and, that's what I've been preaching this whole time. Be, it doesn't make any sense that we don't already fucking have it. Wait, and that's one of the reasons we know that there's Well, fraud. here's the thing about it too. It would be near instantaneous. It wouldn't be gameable because it was directly encrypted. And I mean, you could be very, you could verify everything. It would be so incredible. Why can't we do it? It's American. We can. It's an American company. We can too. do it. We can do it. So, the problem is we don't want to. We don't well, want to we, because we want well, to be half, able to manipulate yeah, the vote. Well, I mean, half, let's just say this. Half of America doesn't want to. Right. Our, half, the current politicians in charge, Republicans too, because both parties are fucking uh, definitely guilty we are going to see a lot of republicans come down also i don't come down for what though i don't believe anybody's coming down i think they're gonna i just that's the thing is that historically nobody's ever held accountable i mean it's just always that doesn't one, mean they're not going to start at some point yeah but one or two fall guys they'll always take some low 
low totem pole guy and throw him under the bus like a General Flynn or something. Of, yeah, of but now, oh, can we talk about General Flynn's yes. pardon, pardon for a second? That's awesome. Because now he can actually, I love on Twitter seeing all the liberals be like, oh, guess what? Now Flynn can testify against Trump. What? That's okay, awesome. so that's fine if that's what you think is going to happen. But mm. if Trump had something to hide, he probably wouldn't have, have pardoned General Flynn. Well, and also, um, he probably wouldn't have made him available to be able to actually yeah. serve again. Yeah. So well, here's I'm a, just saying also, that what's really going to happen is he can now talk about all the things. Well, you know, and he's going to be called in, in to testify on a lot of stuff. Well, you know, the, not going to we go could, well. Next week, let's talk about pardons because it's going to be really interesting. Do you know Trump can actually pardon himself? He can pardon himself. He can pardon all those family members. And you know what? They're talking about Assange and Snowden. Wouldn't it be a killer thing if they um, actually, if he pardoned? Snowden. <laughs> yeah, he needs to pardon Snowden and, and Assange. 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 Julian Assange needs to be pardoned. Sorry. The end. Assange. The end. WikiLeaks needed to happen. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. The end of that. What Tulsi Gabbard. See, here's the thing. You know, I, like, I like. I like her. Tulsi to Gabbard. be honest, yeah, I, I posted too. something on the thing. I posted on the group. She's hot. You know what? And she is a Democrat, so no, I I don't agree with right. most of the things that she does. But she has come through on a lot of things: voting security and the pardon of them, because she likes the truth, which I will give her. Yeah, so. I, I think she's yeah. I see, you know she was completely put kicked from the from the yeah the, the Democratic Party full on <laughs> yeah. like bent her over and like it was not good. So yeah, she's hey David hey David what you got today so tonight? I I just I'm really I I like that she's calling for that and she says that it's bipartisan and I feel like wouldn't it be great. Well, you know, it's interesting, Ryan. I like that idea. Then they they can actually testify too. I know that's the that's best the part is we need them on the stand. Yeah, it's. Oh. I think just the fact that General Flynn knows where all the bodies are buried. He he he's the most dangerous person in Washington. Yeah, right General now. Flynn was a is is a, is a Democrat. He was a Democrat. I know. So. Well, it's funny how that doesn't seem to matter. I was looking into. Um, uh, some of the I like to look into party affiliations of all these people to see why they do what they do because nobody can operate in a vacuum and almost everybody's got their favored you know people and that's one of the things that's been frustrating about about FBI especially is is how it became such a political tool it became weaponized it was a like a the enforcement arm of the Democratic when did that party. happen. Well, and in, 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 when Trump when Trump came in, it, it yeah, wasn't... but it had to have been like a slow burn. You know what I mean? Like, when did it really start? Well, I know that there's people. Uh, I have friends that really close in with the seventh floor of the Hoover Building people, and there was a lot of uh, people that were ready to retire. And one of the reasons, uh, one of the things that happened in all the agencies, including the CIA, was under Obama for eight years. They basically pushed everyone. All of the old guard people that were uh, part of the prior administration were somewhat uh, JFK, exactly. But they they got rid of all the uh, conservatives in those branches, and um, and uh, it and, and even a big government 
uh, uh, Republican is the same thing as a as a liberal. I mean, in terms of big government people, it's it's almost like a beer a bureaucratic system now that actually runs our government. It's not actually elected officials. They're kind of like just their titular leaders, but the actual, you know, rank and file of their executives run the policies of those organizations. And that's frightening because you have people that don't have any accountability that, um, that <laughs> do all kinds of crazy stuff to people, including, you know, when you have charges against you, you look at it, People don't know this, but um, Flynn's son, they tried to leverage Flynn to, and they went after his son. Yeah. And they his son lost his house. Him. I mean, you know, you, you, if you've ever had to pay a lawyer for anything at all, you'll know that, no, you know, they're 300 decent lawyers, 350 bucks an hour. It doesn't take long to break your bank when you're having to hire a lawyer to defend yourself. And then the government has the power of, of the deep pockets of a trillion dollars to go at you. And then if you win, oftentimes you can't counter sue. You can't get your attorney's fees. And it's devastating. And I, I think that system has to stop. I mean, especially when it can be shown that these guys are targeting people specifically. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. So anyway, that's, yeah. that's a, so the next, the next two weeks, I think, are um, going to be probably the most interesting I mean if you think I, I don't know I, I mean a lot it, has happened in the last two weeks so yeah. I think two more weeks will be even crazier also um, there is a comment on here the FBI uh, is not anywhere to be found because they're implicated and um, there's a lot of videos out with cybersecurity guys that are like okay well here's the thing is that we took this to the FBI they didn't want anything to do with it in 2018 People have been taking the shit to the FBI. They don't want anything to do with it. And so the FBI is dead, in my opinion. Also, um, yes, we do need to do some sort of Zoom or house party app situation. So if anybody has good suggestions, please just send be me fun. that information. Um, I have Zoom, and we can do Zoom because then all of us can be on it um for as many people as we want. I think I can have, like, over 150 people. So, or... So we can do house party, but I don't know how that app works. So house party. Let yeah. me know. Hey, but. David, that's a great quote. I thought he said, what do you think about the three letter, the heads of the three letter agencies be elected? The only reason why I think that would be, that's a constitutional issue because of separation of powers. I mean, you've got the executive branch that's already has an elected head and it needs to function like that. I mean, theoretically, the president is the head of the entire executive branch, which Justice Department of the executive branch and the FBI, are, uh, their boss is actually the president of the United States. So he should, you know, I mean, if he wants to, to like he did, I mean, uh, what really happened, it seems like that they got so upset about in the, in the alphabet up there is that Trump did come in and roll heads and start firing people. And they weren't used to that. They, they did not like that. But that's part of the, that's his power to do that. He's our elected head and he well, should be able Well, clearly we know why now. Yeah, I mean, they, all the secrets. I mean, honestly, I think it's really funny that, um, like, I like to read all of the Judicial Committee findings and, like, all the hearings that happen in the Senate. Like, I like to read the actual paperwork that comes along with that. I love it. It's fun. But um, <laughs> it's, it's interesting um, that people can even sit here and think that there was still Russian collusion and all of that kind of shit because there's literally – witness upon witness upon 
affidavit upon everything, but like, no, it never fucking happened. So I, there's just, there's a lot of stuff that we don't know because people don't read those things. They don't watch the hearings. They allow themselves to get the information from the spin doctors. the people that are lying about what's actually going on. Like, they're not telling the truth at all. I and mean, that's when I decided that I couldn't watch the news anymore. Yeah. When yeah. I started actually reading those things, I was like, wait a minute, that's not the fucking... You're talking about two different things. No, I know. Well, that's the thing is that C-SPAN was a big deal, but it, it, for years past, that's how people got their information about what's going on. What's really going on in those committees is watching C-SPAN. But, you know, the craziest thing, is, uh, going back to election interference, I mean, we've been interfering with ele- in elections all over the world for as long as we've had foreign diplomacy, you know, I mean, listen, I mean, it, it and then for to say that someone doesn't have an, have a, an interest in our election. Of course is, they do. Crazy. Of course, of they're course gonna, they do. There's countries all Just over the world. Just read the UN yeah. documentation. There's tons of leaders all over the world that have a vested interest in us coming and, down. And I'll tell you, the end. Zing Xiaoping, is that his name? Xiaoping? Zing Xiaoping? The guy, Zing. the guy who's in charge of the CCP? That's Zing Xiaoping, right? Am I saying that wrong? Uh, yeah, Zing. President Z. Z? Z? X-I? X-I. Z, I don't Z, know. It, anyway, so that's the president I think you say the first name last and then in China you say the first name last and the last name first. So Xi Jinping is, is how you, I think that's how you say it. Anyway, but here's the thing. Who do you think that he wants to have in there? Somebody that's already bought and paid for? I mean, it's already has very clearly shown to have an interest in, in prospering from the... Well, I have a theory about him. I think that he would rather have Trump, but he can't be too pro-Trump because he's basically controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. So if he can disagree with the com- Chinese Communist Party, but they are the ones that basically are doing So you think he's a good guy? I kind of do. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I could be wrong, but it makes sense in my head. Who knows? During the Trump presidency, yeah, I watched more C-SPAN hearings yeah. than any other. Yeah, that's all that's I watched. That's all we could do because <laughs> there was nothing to do. We're all quarantined, so yeah. C-SPAN. Yeah, but go. Unless it's an interview with someone like Sidney Powell or something like that, then I'll watch some sort of news network, whether it be like OAN or um, Newsmax or Fox or CNN, I guess. But yeah. like, well, here's the thing. Really I, I look that's for all I watch is C-SPAN. Is how we fight against the whole cancer, the cancer, <laughs> Freudian slip, cancel culture is when did you ever, I mean, I can't think of in my adult life. I mean, I remember my dad, looking back years ago, my dad and his best friend, they were just polar opposites. My dad actually ran as a Republican with Goldwater in Texas. He was in politics and his best friend was a very liberal Democrat, but he was a, he was more of a, a Kennedy Democrat and of old, kind of a true liberal, not the progressive, but a, a true liberal, which you, there's a big difference. If you don't know the difference, you'll know that if someone's truly liberal, they're actually very decent and civilized people that look for places to change. Conservatives typically hold the reins back to keep institutions intact. And liberals are the ones saying, hey, what about this? What about this? And I think together we can have some great discourse. But but now they don't want that. They want to control your thoughts and they make you evil by your thoughts. And if you disagree, uh, they uh, they throw you under the bus. They try to get you fired. They, I mean, it's it's totally bizarre now that people can't have a civil disagreement and discussion, a debate. It just and that's all a part of the plan, the 
subversion. Yeah, but it's if you look at Marxists, see, that's a Marxist exactly. plan. That's, exactly. They, they want, exactly. They, they, right, isolation, yeah, uh, exactly. misinformation, deception, What's lying. What's-His-Face told us exactly what was happening in the United States in 1984 in that interview. You're talking about Solzhenitsyn? No, I'm talking about... Um, Brezhnev? Who? Uh, yeah, something like that. I'll post it later. I'm sure everybody's seen it. But he told us exactly what's happening. The, I, the like ideological subversion that's happening currently in the United States. And at that point, it, there was like still time to save us. But like 30 years later, it's still going on. And all of the things that he said was going to happen actually are happening right now. Okay, interesting. So. David, you talked about Mad Dog. You talked about Mad Dog Mattis. What happened to Mad Dog? Um, what I think happened to Mad Dog, if you look at it, I was a real fan of his in the beginning. And he went sideways with Trump about the, the whole pullout of Syria and, the, and what happened with the Kurds. But I'm telling you what, these generals and stuff, I think they're, they're really steeply invested in the military industrial complex. And, and I think Trump was doing a similar thing to what JFK was trying to do in Vietnam. And that was saying, hey, we don't really, there's other ways that we can get what we want out of there as a, and, and, and just blowing stuff up and having our, our military guys getting shot out of the sky and getting shot at, you know, randomly. I mean, there's no reason in my book for have American blood being spilt for uh, regional stability that really doesn't affect us at all. We have, we're oil independent. We don't need any gas or oil from there. If people want to defend that, they need to spend their own money and their own troops. If Europeans want natural gas to come through the pipelines in the, Cap the Carpathian Mountains, they need to get their butts over there and defend it if they want to, not us. I, I think that's crazy for us to well, spend our money. So um, uh, one of our dear members actually knows a lot about this because mm -hmm. he um, kind of works a little bit for one of the defense companies and so he told me that any sort of general that is kind of you know pro-war or against trump or whatever we need to look at who they're working for now because a lot of the ex-generals are they work for defense contractors yeah. and they have a vested interest in keeping conflict so um that's like kind of where you can start when you want to look at the generals and their opinions it's like okay well who are they working for how do they make their money and where where is their pocket um because most of them end up working for a defense contractor i agree i think their alternative motives to your point is they're commanding with the future contracts yeah exactly well yeah and i think that's an interesting thing when i had a, a, a cable round table discussion with uh, my millennial uh, niece and nephews and their friends over thanksgiving yesterday it was very interesting and, and uh, there's just so much to unpack about how the the mindset of the generation to follow and it's sad to me some of the stuff is really sad about what they think about their opportunities or lack of opportunities and what they think of America as American exceptionalism and the what and whatnot. And I, it's, it, it, it does relate to where we're going in the future because we're still in a lag period of American, um, you know, what we call hegemony international, you know, our, you know, the strong arm of America cast far and wide because of our military and stuff like that. And the U.S. policemen of the world kind of concept, but Team America, the Team America, but honestly, world um, yeah, you know, I was reading about like the whole area over there in um, Syria, northern Syria, the Kurds, and how the Turkish 
I mean, dude, this this goes back to the Ottoman Empire. It goes back to World War One, the accords that were signed that were and the people fighting tribal wars. They go back a thousand years. And all and the the Black Sea, people don't know this, the Russians don't have a warm water port that, except at the Black Sea. And and who controls that really tiny little two and a half kilometer wide canal basically at Constantinople, but the modern day Istanbul. It's uh, the the Strait of Bosphorus. It, it, you know, if you read the history of that area, it's just crazy all the stuff that's going on over there. And how narrow, like Turkey and the Russians don't like each other. And Erdogan, you know, why do we treat the Kurds the way we've done? But well, Erdogan is part of NATO and they're, and it's just a bizarre circumstance. If you read what's going on over there in those waterways and who controls that and then how that affects the entire power structure of the Atlantic, the Mediterranean, and the fact that half the year the Russians don't have a port they can get a ship out of because everything's iced in. So, I mean, it's, you know, I think that everyone's an armchair quarterback until you get down into the, to the, to the you know, yeah. The stubble. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff over there that's fucking crazy. Um, I have a friend that's in Serbia right now, and he uh, has been sending me a lot of things um, on that region and what Bill Clinton did um, during his presidency to create that war. That was fun. Um, anyways, I think I'm going to have him on the podcast at some point. That'd be great if, be he's really willing, if he's willing to talk. Yeah, he is. I, um, he lives in the United States now, but he's um, back in Serbia at this point visiting his family. Um, and he's been sending me a lot of really interesting information. Not sure about current safety, but that's one area in the world I want to. Actually, it's, yeah. It's beautiful. It's well, it's beautiful. beautiful. It's safe. Yeah. It's safe, generally well, safe. Um, the person I was talking about earlier is Yuri Bezmanov. Oh, yeah. And they actually put in the trailer, the newest trailer of, I think it's Call of Duty, this last season. He's in it, and it's Cold War-ish. And they actually have clips in the trailer of this guy talking in the interview. It's from 1984. Um, and he basically lays out the whole the whole plan so i'll post it in the group but anyway, well you know it's it. it's interesting i honestly believe that if you look at different perspectives the russians don't want to see the demise of america as much as people would like to think they uh, would no absolutely Putin don't want is to see not it. on the side of biden i'll tell you no, that much and and, and they <laughs> they actually are, are you know they're they're a noble adversary as far as i can tell they don't okay here's my theory on that i could be totally wrong but putin doesn't have a vested interest in seeing the united states go down because if the communist chinese communist party who is actually the ones interfering in our elections um if they take over putin doesn't want to there he's not going to partner up with the fucking Chinese Communist Party. Why? Because they're not going to back down and Putin's never going to back down. That's like an endless war right there. Well, it's the Peloponnesian paradox exactly. is what it is. And I think that that's what people are most uh, afraid of is what's happening in the South China Sea and the desire for the Chinese to be uh, the preeminent world power. That's what they seek to be. Yeah, they, wanna that's what they want to supplant the U.S. And as they've the bought a lot of our politicians. Yeah, and yeah. our social media companies. Well, and when you have uh, so, when you have the when you have now they own like and, a third of our have, property. When you have vi videos and pictures of the soon-to-be president of the United States is 
sunned in positions of great compromise, you know, even though the Democrats would like to say that that's all AI, I just don't know if it really is. So I took, I have my real estate license. Um, and a couple of years ago, I think it's 2017, I went to the national real estate convention or whatever. And I took a bunch of international real estate classes. And one of the things that they talked about was um, the influx of foreign money coming in and buying up big, huge commercial properties. And um, one of the things that stood out most in my mind, and I'm going to totally screw up the percentage, but it was well over 50% of all of foreign money coming in and buying our commercial properties was from China. Yeah, they do it. They use them. They use uh, LLCs, American base. They get an American, yeah. somebody to quote unquote partner with them to do it. And I think it was like 89% yeah, of huge. the tra foreign transactions were China buying our commercial properties. Well, they don't just buy commercial properties. They're buying uh, farmland, agricultural land. I mean, yeah. uh, they're buying our, our um, cattle land. So it's not just, um, yeah. it's not like, allowing, like, it's fine. Come on in. Fucking buy it. Yeah, they're not buying TGI Fridays. Which is another reason that we need to not have, it's you know, I, mean, I think that Trump's made it harder because this is in 2017, right? So all the data that I was hearing was based on like 2016 reports. Mm -hmm. So this was quite a while. So I don't know if that has slowed down or not. Um, I haven't really looked into it, but I see it every day in the real estate business. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's how we like we're, started following each other we, actually on some real estate thing, didn't we? <laughs> think so you know, anyway. i think we're asleep at the wheel when it comes yeah. to this but you'd say you know um at what point do we hit the point right i don't know i mean the frog in the pot kind of thing you know yeah how much for all cash offer they say yeah and they're also the most annoying people to do a transaction with sorry but your negotiation skills are way above most white people so i can understand white people americans so i can understand like why they get their way a lot because they're very much strong arm they just strong arm you especially the chinese women god they're the worst <laughs> anyways i don't know anything um, about that so oh. They do. They are. They're, I have a lot of Chinese clients. At this, really. Well, I just know a big deal is dealing with China from an intellectual property standpoint. Let me tell you what they're on. The, they're on the uh, China is screwed when it comes to OEM and the world's top corporations that manufacture uh, high tech stuff are all pulling out of China. I have that on. And that's that's <laughs> that's real. That's happening. That's from the inside of the C-suites of the biggest companies in the world. That that uh, that's part of the reason why China has such a vested interest in in the U.S. is because they uh, w because of the intellectual property issues of China, everyone's going elsewhere now to manufacture their goods because China is notorious for cheating. And um, I do not. I'm not the most versed in how they've manipulated their currency. Is that something? You can elaborate. Well, on. the only thing that the manipulation was is China had parred their yuan, their basic currency, to the U.S. dollar, and it was not fair because of the trade deficit. So whenever you, when you have a massive trade deficit with somebody and they tie your dollar to their dollar, then their buying power goes up through the ceiling because you're owing them your your net your net uh, purchase is they're getting we're spending. U.S. dollars that way, and they're sending goods this way, and but their their dollars not decreasing in value based on the money supply of the U.S. dollar going over there. 
And so one of the things that Trump did do was to begin the forcing of them unparring their currency to our currency, which they did not want to do that at all. And that's made Trump very unpopular. And so I'm not a currency expert, but the arbitragers of currency knew that to be a thing that needed to be done because it, it, it made our trade imbalance I mean, extremely detrimental to our own ability to, uh, to produce and manufacture goods. It became way too expensive for us. So, yeah, no, it, I, I think Gosh, that that's... I just can't imagine why they would want to interfere in our elections and own our president. I just yeah. I can't imagine why. Well, they the would big, never do that. The biggest deal, too, is I, I won't name names, but here, here's the reason why I don't think yeah. we should fear the Chinese as much as people think that we should. Now, we should fight them. We should go toe-to-toe with them, and the best way you can do with a bully, they're getting a bully mentality. If you look back to the Peloponnesian uh, paradox of the Sparta versus Athens, we're seeing the same type of situation occur in geopolitical uh, international um, uh, relations right now with China. And if, if you if you study their culture, um, they have a very much of a copycat, uh, you know, they're, they're basically part of their cultures by whatever means necessary, cheat, lie, cheat, steal, whatever it takes to get ahead. Well, the problem with that is, is you, you, you don't consider anyone a, a, um, a, a viable trading partner if you can't trust that what they do for you or with you, you know, a gallon of gas has got to be, you know, weights and measures matter when it comes to international commerce and also the quality of the, of the goods. And when you cut corners on wafer tech and, and you, and you start getting your real high tech stuff and you're not, your quality control is not good because you just think whatever it takes, just stamp it out and do it. And, and then just flood the market with cheap semiconductors and whatnot, you end up losing in the, in the long term. you lose worse. And so what's happened is that they're, they're a copycat technology. They, they trail behind. So the people who are actually out front are way out front. And their bet in the espionage, that's what's such a big deal. The Chinese are, re- are really hardcore into, into industrial and military espionage because that's, that's just a cultural thing. I'm not, I'm not saying that it's good, bad, or other way. It's just the way it is. It's, it's you know, stealing technology and then copycatting it. If you look at their joint strike they've fighter, done that for so it, long. it looks like the tuple of what? Yeah, uh, that's why they've implanted know. people like they have put people in our universities and all the things because they report back and share our secrets. It's happening. It's been happening for a long time. Well, and I'll tell you, I know people then right in the epicenter of the highest tech uh um, in our education systems here in this country, and you say all the science and technology, the Chinese have pushed really, really hard to exploit the STEM uh, um, disciplines, right? And and uh, but even when you're forced to do it, do you think they're as good as the innovators that are there because they love it? And I'm telling you, that's our advantage: is the freedom of what we do pr- provides for the top most creative and talented scientists in the world. And I think that's the advantage of the American exceptionalism is the freedom and liberty we have to pursue our dreams and to be great at what we do. And, um, you know, we're not going to get a firing squad. uh, Like (laughs) we're not, we haven't gone that far yet, but I think that that's, we do have an advantage. There's hope in that regard is there's only a certain amount that you can steal and copy before you know i just don't think it's a it's a model for success going forward honestly
Do you agree? I think so. The LOL is to just death. I know. <laughs> oh, did you see rolling your eyes? No, no, I said something earlier. <laughs> it's all good. The DOJ is bringing them back. Who bringing who back? Yeah, bringing who back? Who, who, who? Who's the who? Who is the DOJ bringing back? David, answer us. The Chinese communists. Um, Where the fuck is Bill Barr, by the way? Uh, I mean, I'm oh, firing squad. <laughs> firing oh, squad. I heard it. Actually, that's oh, that's true. That the, the death penalty. They're they're they're. Um, oh, they're just gonna shoot people. Yeah, no, you can choose. Yeah, on a federal crime, I heard I'm that, that you can choose your form of of. Uh, Again, lethal you don't injection, like have to spend stuff. a bunch of money on lethal injection. Now we can just. I think it's, you know, isn't it Utah that their their death is by firing squad? Yeah. I don't know, but I like it. I do. Yeah. Public but hangings, you guys. I just I just read nineteen eighty four, which I hadn't ever read before, and um, so that was really something. Um, describing in that book how they describe you know, punishment and hangings and how they like coached the kids into loving to watch the, the public hangings. Yeah. And and it was disgusting. Hey man, let me tell you something. I grew up in Africa and I saw lots of people hanging from poles and they'd hang uh, criminals. The strangest thing though, I always thought that's weird because they still have people that would, like over there, they you steal and they cut your hand off and people you see people walk around with only one hand. But they still, they'd still steal, and they would still commit crimes. So yeah, it was a deterrent, but people still would do it. The only thing it would do is it would just make it more difficult for them to steal when they didn't have a hand. That that was the you know the, that it, was the purpose. It did kind of decrease the crime. It's like castrating someone. Yeah, and then uh, it's kind of hard to rape. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, Trump's tweet about Trump's tweet from 2013. David. Oh, yeah. Look up Trump's tweet. 2013 tweets? Yeah. Was that right before he mentioned the thing about grabbing by the watching Macaulay? Is that about the same time? I don't know. I don't remember when that <laughs> was. I love Here's Here's the thing. Okay. I listened to WAP for the first time. The other day, um, excuse me, excuse me. So, are you talking about Cardi B? Yes, okay. I had never listened to the actual words and read them. Did you read them or listen to them? No, I I read them because oh. and on my on iTunes, like when you have it up in the app or whatever, you it actually shows you the words. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I'm I used to listen to Lil Kim back in the day. Okay, yeah. she wasn't really no, that mainstream, just... but Cardi B is mainstream, and that song is disgusting. And then people are gonna sit there and not like Trump because when he wasn't president, he said something about pussies. Stop yeah. it! I can't. That song's disgusting. Ugh, I can't. I, I, I can't. I couldn't even believe what I was listening to. I, listen, I can't. I listen even. to smooth jazz, so you know what can you do? They don't have words. I don't get shocked very yeah. often, but I was mildly this is true. shocked. If she's shocked, if I'm shocked, oh that says something. Okay. Yeah, that's funny. Well, so yeah. there's that. Anyways, the contradictions are just too much for me sometimes. That happens to be one of them. Well, you know, it's crazy how what 
used to shock how, how far people have to go now to get that shock factor. I don't know what's next, but it's, it's just beyond belief what, you know, it doesn't take much. I can't, I can't listen to it though. But baby, it's cold outside. got canceled. Oh, exactly. I know. What? Isn't that just, uh, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. But we can sing a song about your pull-out game being weak. Like, stop it right now. I can't. I just can't. Uh, they're wild in those. It's disgusting. I saw the video, but I didn't ever really listen to the words, and I turned it off because I was like, this is gross. Um, but the, I just, I'm late to the party. I don't well, listen to that kind of music very much wait, anymore. It, it's not rap anymore to me. It's yeah. just gross. She listens so. to rap. I she, do. Yeah. yeah. I, listen to I like jazz. a good solid jazz, amount jazz, jazz. of, you know, um, Lil Wayne, like him, a lot. <laughs> so. Oh, Lil Wayne, I wonder it's going to be interesting to see what his career does, because he got out there and, and got there with Trump. I'm wondering yeah. if he's going to take a digger on Same that Same with one. that other little guy. What was his name? I can't remember. Whatever. It was another little rapper guy that I'd never actually heard of. Lil something. Lil oh. something. Oh, Yeah. Um, little baby something i don't know um yeah no it's gonna be it's it's funny how they just uh you don't there people can't have an opinion in they're outside the mainstream and hollywood is interesting I, I don't i don't get what's going on in hollywood how texted you the trump execution tweet oh good i can't look at it because we're using my phone to film this but um i'll look at it in a minute Sade, i like Sade, that. i do like Sade. Sade she's awesome. oh i'm 50, 50 cent, cent. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he's only under the new Biden tax plans. He's only going to be twenty-five cent. Yeah, he's not a big fan of that. Yeah. But then Chelsea Handler got involved, and you know what? Well, yeah, and she had she really him. had some valuable she things to, to say. She needed to remind yeah, him that he to, was black. Needs to be yeah, needs to be more um, self-aware, <laughs> as if he didn't notice. I hate Chelsea Handler, guys. Oh I just God. need I'm you so to tired know of that. I hate her like a lot, like a lot. Like what? I've always kind of hated her, but. I really can't stand her she's one of those people that is only funny when she makes fun of someone and i don't think making fun of people is funny no, kind no, of no. like john oliver i fucking hate him too but but i mean you know then there's like gary owens okay have you ever watched gary owens no gary owens you'd think gary owens is funny does he, he make fun of people the whole time well, or is I, he like I don't think no 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 i think he's not making fun of people he's making he makes he sees the humor in people's idiosyncrasies. If you, right, you, but does it's he, one of the like, guys ever I don't think it's funny when people, like Chelsea Handler likes to like take one person she's a mocker. and hammer Yeah, she's a mocker. That's and not, I just can't get down with that. It's just not yeah. funny to me. It's, it's a Maybe because I was made fun of as a kid. Maybe. Yeah, I don't no, know. But I, like, yeah. I can't, I don't have patience for it. No, it's all. a cervix. It's, it's like, it's like a jab. It's, it's like, it's like a, Sarcasm yeah, they didn't go after you know? Ice Cube for trying to do something good. He wasn't even like, I'm a Trump fan. He's like, no, but I'm going to mm. talk to him, see if I can figure this out. Well, I think, listen, I mean, this took some real Cancel data culture. on this. I mean, you, have, you have the most votes um, for a Republican by um, Blacks and Hispanics. You had people coming out uh, in support in numbers that were haven't been seen in decades, okay? And I think what what you saw is somebody was, it's not just a handout, not just a kind of a, a political ploy. I think he really cared about doing the right thing for HBCUs. Yeah. He cared about not having them have to come back and beg every time they needed money. He just said, no, let's just make this a more permanent thing. And I think that that was cool. 
I think what he did with the first step thing was just unprecedented. I mean, I think he can't, there's no way that you can see any downside to that is all these, these horrific sentencing laws that were actually put into play by Biden as one of his bills he introduced in 1994 and backed it to, to have these horrific sentencing, mandatory sentencing guidelines that, that disproportionately just, I mean, just disproportionately went after the black community and black he wasn't males. Even, he didn't even try to hide it. No, he, that's the thing that's so crazy. Watching the old Senate hearings with him in it talking about it, like oh, how it's cringe not know this? But here's the thing that's crazy is that when Trump was Trump and he was like the, the you, if you look at, the, have you ever seen the videos of all the rappers that rapped about Donald Trump? Even Barack Obama said the American dream is Donald Trump. I mean, the thing is, is this guy won the Ellis Island Award in, that's given by the NAACP in 1986. And he was right there with Rosa Parks so standing on one side. You know who was standing on the other side? Muhammad Ali. And there was this white dude named Donald Trump that was getting the Ellis Island Award because of all the things that he was doing for in the black New York. community in well, New York. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, his development in New York, I think. Yeah, and it, well, that. not only that, he gave the Rainbow Coalition um, free office space on Fifth Avenue. I mean, that was really premium sputs. And so what happened? Where's Jesse he's Jackson? He's not a conservative. That's no. the funniest part about all of this no. is that he's always said, if I would run as a Republican, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But you know what? He's not a true conservative at all. He's but not. he's turned out to doing. I he's think doing the right stuff, thing as far as that. But he's yeah. never been like, I only support men and women marriage, and I only no. do this. Like, no, no he's, he's a been, party boy. Hello, yeah. he's a developer. He likes to throw big parties. Yeah. He he does that thing, and you know what? That's great. Well, it's going to be interesting. So do I. How he's treated when he gets back into civilian life, because you know the Democrats are still saying they're going to like prosecute him for certain crimes against humanity and put him in jail. And I'm like, yeah. give it. I mean, just stop. You yeah, know, it's, it's enough. Really dumb. So yeah, I, um, I just think it's sad to me that that we can't. I, I mean, people talk about how divided we are. You know, remember when the, the planes crashed into the towers? You remember how united we were as a people? Well, now we have something similar called COVID-19 that's crashing our entire economy and killing our vulnerable people. Yeah, we're super divided. But we're the most divided we've ever been as a country, I think. I can't even think of a time. Maybe since the 60s when we had the Kent State riots and all that stuff, maybe we were as divided, maybe not. I don't know. Here's the thing, though, is that there's only one reason for that. There's really only one reason that we are so divided, and it's misinformation on it to a T. I mean, we were watching videos earlier of all the times that people were lied to by the media. And when you're, when you only see these bad things that aren't even true, then you're obviously going to start believing that. And it's what we consume. We're being lied to Trump 2024. Yeah. Right. For reals. No, um, I hope not. Come I on. think he's going to continue to be president, to be quite honest with you. I, I don't think Biden's I, going I, to. I think Biden's not going to actually. We're going to have a 12th amendment. It's going to be a weird thing. And then of course there's going to be a cackling of hyenas that are going to lose their minds over it. And I don't know how it's going to, yeah, I always divided think that, by design. I'm yeah. going to post this. Vesmanoff thing if you guys haven't watched it also um ray chandler you mean um rachel chandler who's ray speaking of conspiracies david is ray her dad or are you calling rachel ray Just rachel wondering. ray isn't that somebody else and she cooks stuff yeah uh, but rachel chandler do you know who she is kelsey chandler's baby sister 
No. Rachel Chandler is the girl that um, was, she's found girls, little girls. Is she like, people Jill, like Epstein. It's like Jelaine. She was like Jelaine yeah. Maxwell. Yeah, she was, she's involved oh, with that. She she's, was one of the, she's a hotel heiress and she was one of the people that um, got girls into modeling and then would. How did you, what, where is she? them over. Well, that's a good question. I don't think anybody actually knows where she is, do we? And where's, Je, where's Jelaine Maxwell? Is she still in the land of the living or is she? Yes, um, I met Rachel. She yeah. Epstein herself, yeah. She hasn't. Jelaine is still herself. alive? Je, Jelaine is still alive. And they actually, I read something, something the other day that they're going in and waking her up or like checking on her every like 15 or 30 oh, minutes so that she can't kill herself. Oh. Um. So. You know, Which, that'll be that, interesting, too. All, what, what about his black book? I mean, man, come on. What happened to all that stuff? Oh, because it's being covered up, the person that has this is the Southern District of New York. Oh, are they Democrat? Uh, well, that's, isn't that Sullivan, the guy that was involved in um, uh, Flynn's case? Yeah, but what happened to the laptop, to the Wiener laptop? Well, that's the thing. Uh, Sydney Powell's been talking a lot about the Wiener laptop. She talks about it a lot. She says that um, there is a lot of stuff that's going to be revealed. And Lynn is Wood, the other, yes, Lynn Wood the other day was like, everybody's oh, yeah. going to be shocked that this is not just about the election, that we have other stuff as well. And it goes, the crime goes really deep. And I think that this is a good way to usher all of that in because at some point it has to blow up. I'm going to be skeptical on that. I'm going to say it's going to just, they're going to, someone's going to bury it because they're, here's the thing. They but, can't bury but, it. So here's the thing. It's already been buried. It's already buried. It's there. So who's going to dig it's it back up? It's already buried. Yeah. But if the people who are protecting it being buried are out, then there's no one to help protect burying yeah, I just anymore. Think, I think the reason why is it's, uh, it runs deeper. It runs so deep that it's on both sides of the aisle. They're all, they're all scared. Cause I it's think the that, same thing with the election stuff. And that's how we're going to bring people down because the same people that are protecting that are getting paid off by the CCP. But if, that's if, my opinion. if justice is not going to, if justice department, the DOJ is not going to go after them. And if the attorney general bar is not going to prosecute or, or give referrals to, to prosecute, they're all going to walk. Everyone's going to skate. They can't skate when it comes to this. If they can prove this election fraud, like there's, that is treason. How do you skate from treason? It's one thing to skate because of your supposed involvement with child trafficking. But it's another thing to skate when you are, you. there is an obvious trail and there is evidence and it is ushered in that you committed treason. Yeah, but, uh, you yeah, know, I'm just That's saying. almost too good to be true. Here's the thing: treason is lost its salt. I mean, we don't we don't even think about that word anymore in this country because we've all gotten so. It's yeah, almost like the, a big country I, club, a bunch of glad handing, back slapping bro hamskies at the top that all just they all go to each other's party. Like when I was in Washington, right? So I worked on political campaigns. I worked for two of the presidents, and I saw the inside. I've been in the White House a bunch of times. And you know what? The weirdest thing was, I don't know if you remember this, way back in the day, there was Tip O'Neill, and I can't remember the guy who was the, was the, not the other powerful broker. And I remember seeing them eating dinner. They, on the house, the floor, they'd be going at each other. And then I saw them at the Senators Club, and they were sitting there eating dinner together, and just, yeah, meh, 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 like they were best friends. And it just blew my mind. So the people I was with, I asked one of the guys, 
what's up with that? And they go, oh yeah, they're here all the time. So man, they're all, they're, they play golf together. All those guys are really good friends. And I think you saw it. Now I'm not going to throw shade on Lindsey Graham, but let me tell you, Lindsey Graham fist bumped, fist bumped who? Who did Lindsey Graham fist bump? On it got it got Kamala caught. Harris. Kamala Harris. Yeah, so they're buddies. Yeah. They're, so they're not. They act like they're all in each other's. No, they're face. all in they're, it and they're, they're all, all buddies. Yeah. and that is what it is. But that but this is something because our our supreme justices aren't in on it. Okay, so that's the thing. Well, is that Trump has appointed the people in the Supreme Court that are not in on it. They're not in on it. So if they're like, no, that person committed treason. Guess what's going to happen? They committed treason. Yeah. So, well, you know, uh, and honestly, I think that it's been, we've been, there's been a deep state running things for so fucking long that yeah. we really haven't had Republican or Democrat. Anyone, yeah. Well, and that's to be the thing honest is, with you, honestly, is our presidents haven't been Republican or Democrat. They've been hand selected by whoever is in control at the time. So Bush won for a reason there, his family was deeply involved in some weird ass shit. Like, it's all, it's all, it's all Well, that even goes back to uh, Justice Scalia and some of the, the weird stuff, uh, how he died in kind of a shroud of secrecy. And then uh, Her Hawk David Hawkins just said uh, Roberts is compromised, I believe. He's I, just one. Very well could be, but at least there's a majority that isn't, aren't yet. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it's interesting if you think about who these people are. So Brett, Brett Kavanaugh and um, Amy Coney Barrett and, uh, and, Clarence Thomas were the justices that were, I mean, Clarence was, a, Thomas was a justice at the time, but, but believe it or not, in 2000, that the other two judges that were federal appellate judges that were, went down to actually oversee the recount in Florida was Amy Coney Barrett and Brett Kavanaugh. What are the odds that, that Trump would specifically pick them for Supreme Court? They already- Pretty had, damn good, because this was the plan. They already saw that, that, right up close and personal, they saw the mm -hmm. whole machine and how it worked, the, the election machine. So maybe we're gonna see some, maybe this is the hope for the future, that we're gonna see some uncovering of the slime that's been going on for a long time in this country. And you get, can't tell me that what's his face doesn't want to see Joe Biden just melt. Who's what's his face? Um, Clarence Thomas. Oh, well, Joe Biden is one of the ones who threw, yeah, threw Clarence Thomas under the bus. I mean, I mean he's, there's no love lost there, that's for sure. No. So I, I think it's going to be interesting. I, I, you know, the, the key is going to be if the Electoral College, if, if you know, uh, if Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin, or Georgia cannot send their electors because their elections are in dispute, then that, that gives like 259 to, to, um, to Biden, and then they go. It goes to the House of Representatives. And so the key, I think, the key play is to is to keep those tied up and have a Supreme Court rule that those elections are. I don't even use the word fraudulent. I think they're just unverifiable. They're just they're they they didn't do it right. They broke their own election rules. They act. Those states didn't have mail-in ballot laws. They broke. They they changed the rules as they went on. They can't actually do that. They they legally cannot have done what they did in those states and still have the valid election. So I think what they're going to see is you're going to see those elections ruled in ballot. I think that um, a lot of what we're seeing right now is basically just um, a, a time buying situation because what the, the election fraud as we have it right this moment with um, just the affidavits from people and stuff like that, yet yeah, that's a lot of evidence, but it's just a sideshow. 
honestly, because what is really going to prove the treason is actually having these foreign companies coming in and our government ushering it in and being okay with it and getting paid off. And that is what's going to make everything blow up. Well, the other thing too is Dominion was allowed to do this without any sign off from state department or any, any, there was no oversight whatsoever in allowing a foreign country. Um, it, it's interesting if you Google the name of the guy, who's actually the, the one who owns the, the controlling shares of Dominion. Um, it's Lord Mark Malik Brown. And you re read about this guy. You can read Wiki Wikipedia, Mark Malik Brown, Lord Mark Malik Brown. And you start reading in Lord, Lord Mark, Mark Malik Brown. Malik. Really? Malik. Malik? Yeah. Malik? Anyway. Like, it just, but like he's the like, demon? Yeah. No, Moloch. No, it's Malak. It's M-A-L-L-O-C-K, I think, but not Moloch, like the book God Moloch, right? But what? it's kind of interesting. But no, just look at how he's connected not the to way George he Soros. He used to be number two deputy to, to the United Nations and all this stuff. But, <laughs> what's up, dudes? Um, but the point is, is that when you start seeing all the interconnected dots of these people and who they're connected to, it's just bizarre when you start building that it's not all conspiracy theory, but you just go, what's conspiracy? It's not conspiracy well, theory anymore. Guess what? All no, the conspiracy theories no. are coming true, guys. I'm just saying that. But if, if you look at the World Bank and you look at the... Conspiracy theories made up situation yeah, from the CIA. I mean, just because it's so, conspiracy, I'd be, by definition, it's supposed to be they get together and conspire about bad stuff, but conspiring oh, yeah, no, for I, anything. I think this is an operation and they already knew it. I mean, we know that they knew about this in before 2018. They were ushered in like all of this a bunch of stuff was set up before this and i think that you're right and i think that this is a part of the plan and i think that's a, one of the reasons that trump hasn't really spoken hardly at all or taken any comments from anyone to be honest with you because he's like well this is now we're just letting it play out i hope you're right I, you know i've been disappointed so many too, times but in it the just, past it makes too much sense yeah. like at this point all the things that we're being told okay so the other day one of the things that really got me was the 30 It'll happen in 30. Guess what? Exactly 30 months from the time that that post was made, Flynn was pardoned. Really? Yeah. Well, maybe. Hey, here's the thing. Just saying. It's almost like it's uh, anticipating the Dallas Cowboys getting back to the Super Bowl again. It's just, it's possible. But it's very improbable. No, uh, I don't think it's improbable at this point. The There's Cowboys? Just, no, well, the Cowboys are very improbable. <laughs> but I don't think that's a fair comparison because there is a lot of evidence right now that suggests all the things that we've been reading that have been conspiracies are actually true. Like, we're we're seeing it yeah. play out. It's in the lawsuits. Read it. Like, 30 months, really? Man, I 30 just hope, months? I hope. I, it didn't I, say 30. It was like 30 yeah. days, 30 hours, 30 whatever, exactly 30 months later. Well. And everything's supposed to be on what, a year and a half delta or something? I can't, I don't know. I, I can't tell you how much it would be great as, as, yeah, as, done as, in 30. as absolutely disastrous as this year has been. That would be some serious icing on the cake to find out that that actually really does go down. And it would be better for everybody. It's going to be better for the United States. It's going to be better for election integrity. Uh, just to know that, that if people are held that are doing bad things get if held in accountability. If nothing happens with this, our republic is dead. Like the the country changes forever, 
we're never going to actually pick our leaders if something with this if yeah. something doesn't happen with this our republic is actually dead and our votes don't matter and and what it's proven is that we don't pick shit and that means our constitution is done for and so we just can't allow that to happen we well, need to red pill as many people as we possibly can to pay attention to the fact that this has nothing to do with the election being pro-Trump or pro-Biden. It's we aren't in control and who is. Well, the thing is frustrating is, it, is that they bet. have this plausible deniability that, you know, the millennials will all say, well, everybody hated Trump so much. That's why 80 million people voted no, for, for but Biden. But it's statistically it's impossible for him to have that right. many votes. So, like, that doesn't even make sense. Like, yeah. pay attention to that. People don't hate him as much well, as you think. Yeah. You you think that millennials think that people hate him that much because they aren't paying attention. Well, here's the thing, you know, if you're a cheater, you want to cheat in such a way that, you know, it's not apparent. And I think they're dumb th th how they went about this. We I saw this coming. Everybody else did, too, when you did the mail-in ballots. And they, how many million Yeah, but, it's, but even that, it's like, million? okay, fine. We had people on the ground shoving things. I mean, those could have been plants, too, right? Like, Republicans could have said, hey, Democrats, like, do this so you look like you're cheating. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of things that could have happened, but what you can't deny is if they have evidence that there was an algorithm for the computers and Trump had so many votes that it broke the algorithm, and that is a big deal. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's why they had to stop counting, apparently, because the algorithm was getting yeah, broken. that's why all of the systems went down at the exact same fucking time. Well, and also the, the, the velocity of the votes made it, they, if they didn't pause it, it, it it would have been impossible for them to actually come up with the votes without the pause. They wouldn't have been able to come up with the votes. So, I mean, I, I think that's the, I, I can't wait to see what they've got because, I mean, Sidney Powell says it's just the tip of the iceberg what they, when they get into the meat of, of their depositions and all the information they have that over the next, what do they go? The 2nd of December, I think, is the first open hearing in court. Is that right? I think yeah, so. I think so. Yeah, and PA 1.8 million ballots mailed and 2.5. I saw that counted. today. And I mean, you know what? Here's the thing. That's, That's a problem. so obviously that I can't see how any, I wish I could have some liberal friends. At, what, I, I it's like they, they have blinders on it's a, and they're like, that's a, that's a hoax. No, it's not. Yeah. It's not a hoax. That's the thing is that you're listening to a news source that's telling you it's a hoax, but it's actually not a hoax. Well, you know, um, it's interesting. I'm getting all fired up. Yeah, it's interesting. It was Joseph Goebbels who said that if people want to believe something enough, you could tell them if they're thirsting in the desert that that's water and they'd actually drink it. Yeah. And that's exactly what I think is going on We've right now. We've been conditioned they want for that to believe over it. the last 50 years. Right. It's, a, it's a part of the plan. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's and a I, part of the sinister plan to take over America. I don't know if anybody knows who Michael Savage is, but I used to listen to him like a you know, 10 years ago, Dr. Savage, Michael Savage, the oh. Savage Nation. And he would, he was saying, you know, this language, language, culture, borders, whatever, kind of saying America is not going to be America anymore. If you, if you lose sight of language, culture and borders, the American culture is not white culture, black culture. It, it is a, I like that when I was a kid, we learned it was a melting pot. And that's what made this country so amazing. You have all these different cultures coming together, kind of getting in a big pot and melting together. And we all become the American culture. And so. Uh, 
today I got from someone. I haven't seen anything concrete yet. Exactly. Yeah. Where and, and are you it, getting your news from? And it, well, and maybe you should actually read the Maybe you should not watch CNN and MSNBC maybe you should or Yahoo watch, News. Have yet. you seen any of the interviews with people that were working at the polls, the taped interviews? I haven't. Oh, Have you seen them? Good. Well, I think yeah, that that's what the good. court's going to see. The beautiful good. thing is I'm glad that this Real will get good. tried in the United States federal courts and not in the court of public opinion and not in the spin zone and not in the sound bites of America. It's going to actually go where, I mean, okay, first of all, you've got, see, people need to understand this isn't a criminal trial. This is a civil proceeding. And in civil proceedings, it's, it's the preponderance of the evidence at 50.1%. It means more likely than not is your standard by which you have to prove something being right. And it's in a, crim in a criminal trial, it's beyond the reasonable doubt. A civil trial is way different. It just says, does the preponderance of the evidence indicate that there was malfeasance? And that's all you have to prove. More likely than not, yes, there was. That's why I think that there's, it's going to be, um, it, there's hope that there's going to be something positive coming out of this. So that's, I mean, I, but I'm still, like I said, every time I get my hopes up, uh, it's, it's like my favorite football team. I get my hopes up because they're winning a bunch of games and they just get trounced. I've and never I, had my hopes up like this, though. I've really? always kind of just assumed that, but this is the most concrete thing that we've seen thus far that has the biggest impact and will affect the most people. All right, well, then now you're so. saying that. Let's bring it up this thing. What about all this QAnon, Quinky Dinks, and all that That's stuff? What, and David and I are basically, like, talking about I that think that right was now. BS, man. I think we got played by somebody. Oh, I don't think so. You don't think? No, because that's the what the post that I was referring to. What, I don't what think about so. all that? A lot of people white think hats that have it, come and they're no, all going to be... a lot of people it's think not, that. Is it still, that it's, um, still yet to come? That's still going to happen? I mean, everything is supposedly on a two-year delta, right? And that is the post I was talking about came from Q with the 30 months and the, then Flynn got pardoned. So, yeah, I mean, the I mean, there's a lot of, there is a lot of people that think that it is something we got played over. 17. We won't really know. I also have, I follow somebody on Twitter. We talk all the time. He thinks it's just a supercomputer, like an algorithm. Which oh. I don't Q doubt. Mm -hmm. Oh, hey David, what's seventeen? What's your favorite number? Seventeen's my favorite number now. What does that mean? I can't remember what the significance of seventeen is. Is it like the magazine? No, it is has that the, a significance like the... in this whole what we're talking about with QAnon. And I think that QAnon has gotten a really bad name because what the problem with Q? Wait. The problem with Q is that um, there are people. They give it. Give it's posts. They give you little clues, right? And so then people, it's like, here's the clue, now go research. And then people research and research and research, right? And so not all of the research they find is correct. And so then you have all these people out there how do they know giving that the, the, they don't know. The, their, the queue gets it posts on an A-chan a board mm. or whatever it is, right? And so it popped up in 2017 or what the fuck ever, whenever it was. Um, 17th, oh, Q is the 17th number of the alphabet. Yep, I'm starting to think that as well. Yeah, so, but the thing is, is that they've had, it, the Q's message is, I'm going to give you a little bit of a rabbit hole to go down, and then you go, you go find stuff on it. It doesn't, 
specifically tell you things. And that is a part of the thing that is a misconception about it. And even when they talk about Q in the stupid Senate hearings, where they're like, oh, they believe there's this big ring of pedophiles. Well, like, yeah, some people do believe more extreme things than others. But if you just look at the Q posts, that's not necessarily what they're saying. So... And everything's been proven to be on more of a two-year delta. So if they said something in 2018, that's actually going to happen in 2020. And when cute, it's kind of like the Bible. When the Bible, when God says, you know what? Um, you're not going to know the day that I return. Nobody knows when Jesus is coming back, but there has been multiple people over the years that try to actually predict the exact time when it's told we're not going to know, right? And so I'm not saying that this has anything to do with Jesus, but it's like some people just try to act like they know what they're talking about. Yeah. And they put out all this information and then they're like, oh yeah, this is going to happen on this date. No, you fucking don't know that. Well, yeah, there's, the, <laughs> well, here, you know, here's the thing. I just, I keep on, I, you know, prepare for the worst and hope for the best. Yeah, so that's a great paradigm. You just go, yeah, you, you prepare for the bad things to happen, but you really hope for the best. And this is a particular case. There's a lot of good people that are apparently uh, working on this. I think Sydney Powell's legit. I mean, she's got great reputation. Um, Lynn Wood is another person that I've heard is just absolutely stunningly straight up. I mm -hmm. mean, what you get is just amazing guy. So there are really the good guys um, working together. I think there's a reason that, um, like, I don't think it's just because most Q supporters are Trump supporters, but there's a reason that they it hasn't been denounced right. at all. What do you they mean, encourage it and they're no Q, just oh, Q, Q okay, in yeah. general. Um, and I think that there's a reason that there's been a lot of little like hints here and there. So, yeah, so I don't know. So David said, in my opinion, it comes down to specific mathematic impossibilities. That's why I believe this is the exactly. I think, I think exactly. the key is you're exactly right. The numbers just don't lie. And, mm -hmm. I, you know, that's one thing that when we were looking at, like, as the results were coming in and you're looking at the tabulated and versus the modem results and people don't know what the difference is, but exactly those numbers have to have to make sense. The, the tabulated results can't be more than the modem results or it's, a, it's or there's fraud. And in this particular case, they could see that even the final numbers were exceeded the amount of ballots that came in. <laughs> and there's right. no way that can be possible. So it's, I think that again, I, I just hope, I mean, it, the thing that's frustrating to me is when you have lawsuits at the local level to have to, to and you have canvassers or whatever the, the board of election board that was certifying results and then they went back on their word. I mean, what were they seeing or not seeing that they went, oh, yeah, this is okay, and then they went back on it. Were they getting political pressure from somebody? For were they afraid for someone? Wait, wait, what? Like in Detroit, the, 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 the election board initially certified the result, and then they backtracked. Well, yeah, because they thought they were going to get away with it. Well, they were Republican, though. Doesn't they're, they're, matter. Yeah. yeah, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, but I mean, I, that's what well, we've been talking about. It doesn't matter if they're Republican or a Democrat. It doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't actually matter so because my, both parties are dirty. So my question to you is... We need to get off the party train. Yeah, we, my question to you is... 100% off the party train. Both parties can be bought. I agree, but the mathematics of Q... Oh, yes, I agree with that. Um, 
for example, the Trump tweet at the same time. Yeah, I uh, totally agree. Also, well, Powell has made a lot of key references in the last two weeks. It's been really, Powell, really yeah. interesting. Well, you know, so. here's the thing. The, the one thing you just don't rabbit trail off of is is I, I want to make sure that we're not getting caught into a rabbit trail that would then decrease the legitimacy of what we do actually find. And I think that whenever you – whenever I mean, it's like it's like being. Have you ever been friends with somebody who tells a lot of tall tales, but still, still pretty solid, but just kind of confabulates yeah. and makes things up and exaggerates stuff. When they get around somebody that doesn't really know who they are, they lose credibility instantly. But you know that they're a really good person, but they just kind of tell tall tales every now and then. That's what I fear that could happen here is ruining the legitimacy because the left will take a chink in the armor and, it, and it just extrapolate it and magnify it into being that's all they concentrate on. And it's just like the remark that Trump made back about grabbing him. But when you're famous and I could tell you I knew exactly what he was talking about being around famous people when I was younger that people act so crazy around fame and fortune. It's just nuts. Even being a, a White House staff person. When we'd stay in hotels, they were groupies. <laughs> I mean, it was, just, it was insane how people act to get we close to the power or to the star. And I've been in both situations, and it's just crazy. So Stupid. Right. So, But they take that little tiny thing that was taken out of context, but it was true in its own context, and then they make the whole argument that he oh I damn it. I mean that's been going on forever. Yeah, but I mean the problem is is you have to be in some ways you have to be better than that. And there's there I think that honestly at that time Trump didn't think he was gonna run for office. But even with the tweets and stuff like that, I wish I mean it was some of the stuff that was done and said, I thought I mean I took it in the context with which I think he meant it was hilarious, but he left it wide open for the do-gooders and the, and the thought the, shamers I think the, of the left. The problem is, is that no matter what he said, it would have been taken that way. So why wouldn't he just be himself? Like, I think that it would have hurt him if he was trying to be politically correct. Right. If, if Trump wasn't himself, he wouldn't have so many people that love him. Because one of the things that people like about him is the fact that he just isn't filtered. You know, he's not. And... And if you under if you pay attention and you understand his humor, like he literally, you can tell when he's being a sarcastic asshole. And I love that. I love that about him no. personally. Uh, and you know what? They're gonna brutalize him anyway, so he might as well just say what he means. Well, hey, you know what? And, and you, sometimes he lives his life. That's what I like about him is that he's a billionaire and he knows he's gonna be wealthy when he leaves. He doesn't have to be like, listen, this is the craziest thing. I I, I do, you know, you're in real estate business. I. I do commercial real estate development and stuff like that. You know how hard it is to actually make a lot of money. So when you watch somebody like like Barack Obama go into office with a net worth of $730,000 and leave office with a net worth over $20 million and you've made $400,000 a year, let me say $400,000 a year is a nice wage, but it's not going to make you even 3 or $4 million over eight years. You, you, it's ridiculous to think that, right? And then within now he's up to $75 million. In net worth, and look at the Clintons. They never had they their net worth was like one hundred and thirty thousand when they got in office, and it went all the way up to seven hundred and fifty million. Clintons are so. But the point nerdy, is, is it Trump? He went in as a billionaire and with a four four point three billion, and he lost over. They said over a billion, maybe maybe one point five billion in net worth over the last four years is what he's actually lost because of his Trump brand taking a hit. The only president that I know in modern history that went into office. 
wealthier than they came out of office. Your phone died. So anyway, that's just my diatribe on, I think my phone died. Oh. Anyway, you want to bring my, oh, here. There you go. Um, but anyway, um, so. Wait, so have you both seen the video from 2000, whoops. From 13? 2000, no. From 2017 with Trump and the White House and the generals and their wives gave a hand gesture saying, you know what this represents. Reporters asked them, reporters asked then says, maybe it's the calm before the storm. His hand gesture is clearly making an air cue. He's repeated the same hand gesture hundreds of times in the last four years. Yeah, I have seen that. I mean, I just, I just think it's Avengers. It's, it's in game infinity wars. It's, I love it to be true. I hope it's true, but it just, what I've learned, what I've learned, I'm going to stop you right there. What I've learned about reading the actual cases that come through the court is that we are living in a fucking movie. The end. So I believe that this could be an Avengers endgame situation just from reading the documents that are right there for us to read. So who's Thanos? I don't know. And who is Captain Marvel? Oh, Captain. I don't know. Wait, we should talk about Infinity Wars because I the other day I uh, decided that in this in this uh, wonderful lockdown situation I decided to watch Marvel at end to end to end. I've never done that before. And man, do you ever pick up stuff when you watch one and then it's like a year or something before you see the next one? You lose a lot of the context and whatnot. But when you start watching them right end to end, the only one I'm just can't get there. I've never seen Ant Man and Awesome. I really oh, like yeah. that one. It's actually pretty good. That was, but it, that was good. But the one I I'm halfway through it and I just literally fell asleep twice already is what? my Captain Marvel. Oh. I'm like, I can't, I can't get into it. I'm sorry. I just can't get into it. Somebody the other day was like talking shit about Captain Marvel and how they, um, um, it's just worked to delegitimize men and how like we shouldn't Ooh, have that's women a, doing that. And I was like, that's a topic. Wait a minute. It's real. Let me tell you what that's all about. Here we go. Uh, you, maybe we should say this for a different... <laughs> I think we should say Yeah, that. but let me give you a little spoiler. There's a construct called hypergamy. Hypergamy. Everybody look that up. Hypergamy is a great way to... So, basically, it's, it's, it's part and parcel of the whole sexual ambivalence kind of... You know... I don't want to get all biblical, but God created male and female. Well, yeah. And I think we should celebrate, whether you're gay or straight or whatever, you should still celebrate your maleness or your femaleness. And there are certain people that have come, that get confused, right? That I don't, I, I don't understand it, but I'm not going to judge it. But I'm going to say, hey, whatever. I don't, I'm not going to make a big deal out of that. But I think we should still extol the virtues of femininity no. and masculinity. Okay, well, I'm we're going to disagree on this. I think we should, and I think that women empowerment needs to look completely different because we don't need to be men. We need to use our God-given that, power. Okay, so that's okay, exactly. But that's not, it has nothing to do with Captain Marvel because no. she, well. how she got her powers was not because she's a woman. It's because of some radioactive thing, and she just happened to be the most powerful. It has nothing to do with genetics or anything like that. It just so happens that Captain Marvel is actually a woman. Wait a second. So, how do we that's all. No, I, but I'm saying that it, it is, I think that what's happening is- just a dumb it, comparison. It, but they talk about toxic masculinity 
And that whole concept to me is offensive only because I think that it's you a have, horrible concept. You have, it's it is. Stupid. And the deal is, is if we celebrate and extol the virtues of our differences, we come together and say, well, I'm not as good at that as you are. And you're not as good as this as I am. Why don't we work together and use our best traits to complement the yin? It's like the yin and the yang. You don't have the yin and the yin. You have the yin and the yang. People do better when we're working together to do things that like where sure, we fill each other's. Sure, but then there's some of us that are better at doing things that aren't necessarily in our gender role. I'm not very womanly. Hi, have you met me? So, uh, <laughs> like, while I do you I use a lot you're... of my like. What is womanly? What do you mean by I, that? like? So. There is a lot of natural talents or natural gifts or natural ways that women and men are. That's what you're saying right now, right? Isn't that what you're saying? About men and women. Yeah, right? I'm saying there's differences. Yeah, there's differences. We all are different. Yeah. But, but, but when you don't fall in line with what is typically within your different bounds, that's what I'm saying. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So, like... I am better at um, like going into a boardroom and negotiating a contract than I am at cooking dinner and being at home. But that's so. not a man woman thing. What you're talking about? I'm talking about how do we get how do we get in there? How do we get on this? You, you go like my phone died. You gotta go to drunk politics. Yeah. And then oh, there it is. All right, go. So we didn't mean to get on this subject, so I apologize. Yeah, it's fine. I, I could go on for days about it, but I do think that toxic mas masculinity is something that needs to go away. We need to never say it ever again. It's dumb. Because who wants little soy boy wussy guys? I don't want to date one of those. That's why I don't date. <laughs> that's all that exists no, up here in No just dry well Northwest. over there in Portland. Like, all the soy that's boys. all that there is. It's Did you know that a that's, bunch but, of little guys but that's a skinny real, jeans it's a real thing. are waiters. It's a real and thing. They, they have no ambition in life, and they basically are are really a sad sector of what women in the fifties were supposed to be. <laughs> no, but it's a real it's thing. Awful. Actually, soy boys, <laughs> soy, soy, yeah, soy decreases, decreases your testosterone, testosterone levels. Yeah. I rest my case. I mean, we're you on know, the same page. When do we go to the days where you? You milk that cow and just drink the yeah. milk right out of the cow. Yeah. 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 I milked cows when I was a kid. It was fun. Made my own butter. Bitch can't say that. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right, let's see if we got some more comments. <laughs> is is your like, name really billionaire? Remember, um, Meshach, is that your name really? Billionaire? <laughs> no, What's your name? Yeah, that's your hilarious. Name. I love um, you. I love so you. So one of my favorite, wait, what was I going to say? Damn it, I hate when I do that. Wait, did I just something really funny to okay, say. I can't see. remember what it was. It's in the milk. <laughs> yeah, it is. Literally in the milk. Yeah. Well, anyway. When can we call them estrogen boys? I mean, right now, we might as well. Estro boys. Well, anyway, oh, yeah. Um, oh. Uh, Amy, Ali Wong, Amy Wong. Amy Wong? Is that the stand-up? She has a stand-up on um, Netflix. If you haven't watched it, you should. It's really fucking funny. She is a writer for Fresh Off the Boat. And she has this whole thing about feminism. And it's really, really funny. And she's like, feminism is the worst thing to ever happen to women. Our job used to be no job. And like now we're expected to do all these things and be all these things. Now the guy doesn't think he has to do anything. And it's really funny. And if you guys haven't seen that, you should probably watch it. <laughs> Yeah, every Peter Pan needs a Wendy. 
So. They all want the Tinkerbell, but they get they want they need the Wendy. Yeah, that's she's like that's a deal. I want to live in that world where I can sit on the toilet and take a shit and watch Netflix all day and not have to worry about shitting in the office. I mean, that's a thing. It's it really, really is. If you look at the number, it, it's our, that's a whole other topic for another time. Yeah, Let's we can get, get into get that, that sometime. Other post times. election, not but, this, I mean, but I we should probably. Well, I've had a good time tonight talking about things that are important. Keep an eye on. To go home and be mom. Yeah, get a home, be mom. And I'm going to go home be and be mom. Mr. And I'm going to stay here and be Mr. Mom. Yeah. So, so um, but it's right. exciting. And you guys, uh, just keep the faith. I think we're going to um, have some interesting times. The best deal is if you look at what how the um, how the Reds did in the Congress and the houses flipping uh, 17 uh, seats, I think. What's the, what's the number? 17 seats flipped. Um that's pretty amazing if you think about it. That's another reason why I think that that the election is so is 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 so wonky is is how the bellwether districts did. The and, silent majority took over, yeah. and they freaked out, and then they overcompensated, and they got caught. So, yeah, we're not a small group of people, and no. I think that's what we need to make sure that we keep in mind is that we don't have to roll over and take it. And There's you know, a lot of us. And we're also the doers. We're also the ones who take the risk. We're also the ones we're who are... We're also the ones that own the businesses. They own do the, the businesses. Things. And if we all stopped paying taxes, what would happen to the economy? Literally, it would shut down. And remember, so, there's also some yeah, really good people. There's good people up there too. There's, I mean, I, I went to college with right down the hall from me. Rand Paul is one of my college mates, and Trey Gowdy is a good friend of mine. They, there's some really good people. I'm, I don't know. Still don't know why Trey left. I think he's going to come back, circle back around as governor. I think it's, there's more in store for him. But we got a lot of stuff to do, and um, we're going to keep this going. Um. What was the poly something you said when referring, referring to, to China, China and the Ottoman Empire? Empire? Oh, the Peloponnesian, 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 Peloponnesian paradox. paradox. Remember the Peloponnesian, Peloponnesian Wars? Paradox. That was, if you read about that, that tells you a lot of what's going on with Chinese, uh, with the CCP and, the, and, the, and their perception of self versus other. It was, remember Sparta and Athens and what happened over the years and why they ended up doing battle and why Sparta was ultimately defeated. And if you read about the Peloponnesian paradox, it explains a lot about why I think we should be really, really yes. concerned about what's happening in China right now. Yeah. And we, um, Raven said, and that's what we need to do is hit them in the economy. We need to hit them in the economy. We yeah. need to hit them in the economy where it hurts. Well, you know, that's what before that's, they take us but, all down. But, but see, that's exactly what Trump. That's exactly what pissed everybody off. That's part of the global elite. That when they had the order of things that, like they had it ordered because they were controlling what they wanted to control, Trump comes along and starts yeah, undoing we everything. We need to hit the fucking globalists that are ruining our country and the economy. I think that's the, the tallest order. We have of all the power, yeah. so I think that we need to really make sure that everybody understands that is that we the people mean something still and we need to make sure that it continues to mean something all right so i'm i'm That's supposed sad. to be going to Kauai on tuesday and uh, and then the, the, the iggy the governor is looks like he's trying to rule on that apparently kawakami is the mayor of Kauai, and they want to close back down because they have like three cases nobody hospitalized but they've had 19 cases in the last week test positive 
in three cases like yesterday. 19. The cases, they're, they're all at home and That's they great. just tested positive and they're not even that sick, but they're gonna they're gonna do a pause. So I might not get to go. But if I'm there, then I'm we, can do one. we can we can podcast from, from there. The beaches Chloe the and I will be back. Yeah. <laughs> Chloe will be back on here with me. I think tomorrow we're gonna try to record one. She got married, so she hasn't been around because she's just being a freak. And um, so she'll be back. And then I also have another friend that's gonna start doing this regularly with me. She's really hilarious. We were gonna have our own podcast um, and then we decided that we needed to put a break on it beginning of COVID, but now that we have this something going, she's just gonna come on. So we're really excited about that. And um, hopefully he'll be in Hawaii when we talk to him next. Is she honeymooning? Is Chloe honeymooning? No, you. David asked. Hopefully no. you. So David oh, asked no, she's not honeymooning. She's just still where she's at, that's you know, so, in her undisclosed location. That's so, so. old school. Honeymoon schmoon. <laughs> they can't go anywhere. I mean, they could. Yeah. They thought about going to Florida since it's open and his parents have a house there. But, like, at the end of the day, like, what do we want to do? Take a road trip? Fly into somewhere and not be able to go out to eat? Yeah, Exactly. I mean, not everything and where she is is open. It's just they have to close by 10. They're not taking a pause. They just are closing early. Yeah, that helps because the, the COVID, COVID, the COVID goes to sleep so. about 8.30, 8.40 at night. It doesn't stay out after midnight. Yeah. No, no. it comes out after midnight. Oh, it does? That's well, why yeah, you have a curfew. COVID, that's why you have a curfew because it comes oh, out. It's yeah. like the boogeyman. It's going to get you. Yeah. got to go yeah. home so COVID doesn't get you. Yeah. You know, one of those things. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. All right, well. All right. Thanks for joining. And we'll figure out how to do the Zoom thing or whatever um, so we can have like an actual discussion and like, you know, sip and zoom.